Yo, 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 this your boy Party All Weekend, and you tuned into the world's illest podcast. Podcast with one eyed Willie. Let's go. This is Willie. One eyed Willie. Say hi, Willie. You are now tapped in with Do My Eyes with One Eye. One eyed Willie. Do My Eyes with One Eye. One Eye. One Eye. The world. It was. <laughs> Yeah, season three, you know what I mean? So we still rolling, trying to get everything popping and, you know, seeing what we can do. So, like I said, I don't want everybody to think that the show is just about hip-hop and just music. It's about everything and people within the culture and everything that they do within the culture. So Absolutely. I want to bring, I want to touch touch on everything. But also, I, at the same time, um, I also want the pat- platform to be utilized for things like um, we have a lot of politicians. Yep. You know, people who are running for office. Yep. I want these people to be able to come through, you know, talk here on this platform so people here in the community, yep. you know, they can see, hey, this is the person who is, you know, this person is coming out. They tapping in with the culture. They tapping in. So, hey, let me see what these people are talking about. So, um, just one thing, I will say this. I did uh, I did run into uh, the mayor oh, really? at uh, Plenty Finish Duval. one time. Yeah. Ran into him. Funny, ran into him. Funny story, bro. And I, I told him I want to get him on the show. That and, and he'll probably do it, bro. Mm-hmm. But I seen um what they have that Heartland Parade every year. Uh-huh. Went to the Heartland Parade, took him, you know, just so he can see it, right? And like, you know, um Vine Groves mayor comes in and you know, their prestigious car. E Town's mayor, Mayor White comes in and their nice, prestigious car. Duval coming to old school, <laughs> looking like a pimp, fam. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Mayor Radcliffe, that was so funny, dog. That's like, crazy. like, dog, man, he came in like rolling, fam. It was it had to be like a '76 coupe. <laughs> yeah, he coming at that style. He came in his old school. So, I, but, but like I said, I want to get people like that. You know, mm-hmm. them come on the show, have them come talk. What do you, well, you know, what's your plans? What's next for the community? My biggest question. You know that I have, and I said is what we doing with that uh, space over there by by the old U.S. Cav where they got In the little walking, you know, oh. the little beside. Like, what we doing with that? We gonna beautify that? We just gonna, you know, things like that, so Where's we can see what the. Hey, at, you know, we got we got questions. The world, you know, the world, the world. When it's a little bit closer. To Audio to, plug. You know, going to election because we see them, they campaign, they want people to come on, they want you know all of that. So we gonna make it happen, but. You know, um, well, let's get to it. You okay, know what cool. I'm saying? Um, I'm gonna go ahead and kick it off, and we're gonna just go ahead and roll into our thing. Bet. So, you guys already know this is season three and episode eight. Today, I got my man in the building from way, way, way back. You already know, um, he's here, he's done a lot of things. Um, he, he, he deals in the fashion retail industry. He is a sneaker fanatic. He's been collecting shoes for as long as I know. You know, he has all the deals. I seen this man come to a video shoot, sling some shoes, then get on camera and get back to spitting, you know. Hey, um, he also is running around. You know, he's doing a lot of things. He's the plug. He has it. He got what you need. 
He works for a retail company. We're going to get into all of that because I don't know if we can say that company's name on the podcast. So we're just going to keep it. We're going to keep it all safe. You know what I'm saying? And then we're going we're gonna to get right into the show. But ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, The Plug, a.k.a. my man Desmond Thompson. What's been going on? What's happening, man? It's good. Man, not a thing, man. Appreciate you coming through, tapping into the podcast. You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? Thanks for having me, man. Man, Thanks no doubt. Thanks for da- having me. Man, Love what no- you're doing. Man, Love it. appreciate it, appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? We trying to, like I said, um, we trying to make some things happen, get some things going. So we are gonna bring everybody in from the, you know, for, from the culture who's working within the culture. And there's a lot of things that you do to help people get their drip together around the way. You know what I'm saying? In the areas in which you work. So we gonna get in a couple people. <laughs> Plus you the plug, you know, with the shoes. You keep all the shoes you got. What you rocking today, man? Uh, today I got the uh, the Yeezy 500 Low in the light bone colorway. Man, see, see, I seen you on Instagram the other day, man. I think you posted some J's that was signed. Who was it was signed by? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, man, it's, it's funny because uh, a lot of people still kind of get mad at me for wearing those shoes, but I uh, I have a pair of I believe it's like from 2009. It was a pair of. Uh, Retro 11 Space Jams, I got uh-huh. signed by uh, the person who created them, the person who designed them, Mr. Tinker Hatfield. Oh, uh, okay. He uh, did us the pleasure of, um, you know, at our national manager's meeting, he had, uh, you know, just spoke. He was he was our guest speaker for the day, which was a surprise more than anything. And, I mean, it was, it was wonderful. He ended uh-huh. up, you know what I'm saying, like, after he got finished speaking, he was like, hey, I'm taking pictures, signing autographs, all of that. And I had actually had those sneakers in my trunk. Yeah. So um, in the middle of him, like right when he had said that, I kind of like left, took off to the garage, the, the big garage that we had, man, and literally got the <laughs> got my left shoe out. And he signed it, man. I still wear them. But you got to wear the shoes because as old as those shoes are, these shoes are 13 years old. This uh-huh. Christmas will be. They'll crumble on you right, right. if you don't wear them. Uh-huh. So, you know, so that's something that a lot of people don't know. So okay, so it's a, it's a little bit of science that you know to the shoe game, too, Absolutely. being that you uh, have been into that uh, been into that field. Now, we're going to get into your field, but before we get into your field, let's take it back a little bit. Um, where are your, where is your family originally from, and um, what's the household made of? You the only child? You got other siblings? You know, let everybody know. Cool. So my family is, in, just like every military family, it's like by way of somewhere <laughs> else. You know what I'm saying? Always so, is like that. Right. So my neck of the woods is in North Carolina. Okay. Um, what part? You know. So this is this is a small town mm-hmm. uh, called Sweet Gum, North Carolina. That's oh, that's where the roots are at. Now, oh. when I tell you, it's nothing but roots there. Like, I mean, it's. It's small, so it's probably about 45 minutes outside of Burlington. Okay. Uh, my parents went to North Carolina Central, which is HBCU in okay. Durham. Okay. Um, you know, pretty much where they met at. You know, my mom is originally from Canada, um, but she moved to North oh, Carolina. Wow. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She moved to North Carolina <laughs> when she was a teenager um, in another small town called Middlesex, North Carolina. So, so family still. Uh, in Canada? Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, don't see too much of them. I don't really travel out there. The uh-huh. last time we went was for my grandmother's funeral. Okay. Um, but yeah, they're they're deep out there. Now, now, well, Par, you got some Canadian roots. That's what's up. <laughs> you Drake fan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Drake spits, yo. Okay. So yeah, okay. yeah, for sure. Okay. But you know what I'm saying? Like my my mom is from like the east coast of okay. of Canada, which is uh, it's what is it called? Um, 
the New Brunswick province is okay. what it is. So yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's called this little small town called St. John that overlooks the water. Okay, that's what's up, yeah. man. That's what's up, man. Uh, got some Canadian in you, but your mother mother came over, moved to North to the to what was it? Middlesex, North Carolina. Middlesex, yep. North Carolina. Now, how far is that from where your uh, from where your pops is from? Probably about two and a half hours. Okay, mm-hmm. but then boom, just met there. Yeah. And, uh, so, do, do they talk about their experience at uh, attending the HBCU back then? Yeah. So. My mom did her complete time. Mm-hmm. My dad was on some BS and right, right. ended up getting kicked out. Of you know how that go? He got he went there on a uh, on a basketball not a basketball scholarship. He was a walk on, so okay. he got a, he got a scholarship through you know um, walking on, uh-huh. and uh, really didn't grasp the whole concept of keeping your grades up. You get to stay in school, he, you know. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't his thing. Um, so he ended up uh, you know getting kicked out. Um, you know what I mean? But ended up making the best decision of his life, which was joining the military. Okay. Um, you know, and of course he was making frequent visits to my mom while she was, um, <clears throat> you know, just kind of getting through her tenure of, uh, <laughs> of, of college. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? But yeah, they ended up making it happen and it wasn't, uh, too long before they had my older sister, Lindsay. Okay. You know? So, uh, yep. That was, um, yeah, she's four years older than me. So she, she, uh, Ooh, what is it? And next week she'll be forty. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. She's hitting the forty club, man. I'm I'm knocking on that door too, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm almost I'm yeah. almost there. I'm almost there. But you know, um, it's 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 cool though. It's nothing. It's nothing wrong with that, man. Absolutely. You know, just you know, getting older, man, and handling handling all of this, handling your business. So, uh, Lindsay comes along. Your mother, your father's in the military. Your mother, I guess, she ends up eventually graduating from college. Um, now, when she graduates from college and your father's traveling, of course, you're always traveling from base to base. Right. You know what I mean? State, maybe go out of the country. Um, where did your, um, did your parents, when did they get married and did they just automatically go ahead and start traveling or was your dad already traveling prior to the marriage? Yeah, so it was a, it was probably about, probably about two years, um, you know, after my sister was born, they got married in my grandmother's backyard. Okay. Um, you know, when no dough in the family, you know what <laughs> I mean? So you had to make it happen. But, um, so yeah, so from there, you know, we traveled to Germany, you know, we traveled to Louisiana, which is where I was, uh, where I was born at, okay. Fort, Fort Polk, Fort Louisiana. Polk. Okay. Right. North Carolina again, then Fort Hood, Texas. And okay. Then, um, and then probably about probably about 20, 26 years, 1996 was when we moved to Kentucky. Okay. Fort Knox. <laughs> Landed at Fort That's Knox. Brought us here. Right, know? right. <laughs> Man, now you're here on Fort Knox. Um, so you go to school here. What grade were you in when you came here? You, when you all landed on Fort Knox? Fifth grade. Fifth grade. Mm-hmm. So uh, staying there, you went to what school? McDonald Intermediate. Ooh, McDonald. They had Walker Intermediate, McDonald yeah. Intermediate. Yeah. <laughs> they had a few elementary schools. What, King's Oliver? Yeah. You know, Mudge. They yeah, they had a whole bunch of elementary schools back then. That's how, that's back when the uh, Armored Division was here. So mm-hmm. it was so many, so many kids. So Absolutely. it was crazy. So they had to have schools the house and uh, get schools and housing for everybody because it was so packed over here on Fort Knox for those who don't know. Now, what was you now coming to Fort Knox from being on those other bases pretty much here when you, you know, middle, uh, elementary school, intermediate school, which is pretty much middle school and sure. then high transitioning into high school, you know, more or less like your teenage years. What was that experience like for you growing up? Um, where you went to, where you went to sports? 
Um, what were you running around doing? So it was wonderful, man. Um, you know, it was it was a whole culmination of different people. You know, mm -hmm. I felt like I was talking to my moms about this. Uh, you know, how times have changed so much to where. Whatever neighborhood you stayed in, it was almost guaranteed you just had like a plethora of different, like, you know, kids who were your age, you yeah. know what I mean? And you just kind of click up, you know, and and, and uh, go whatever direction you want to go. Um, you know, it, 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 I would I would probably be lying if I, you know, when sometimes that I was in some trouble, right. you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but, you know. Always my can parents, find that. Right. Whether my parents knew or didn't know, you know, it happened. Um but I was in sports, you know, just like any kid, played uh, youth center baseball, mm -hmm. uh, youth center football, um, you know, and, and, and just kind of uh, transitioned into middle school from that time. You know, went yeah, to yeah. Scott Middle School, shout out to Scott Middle School. Bulldogs. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, uh, and I want to say that was when music kind of really introduced okay. itself to me, I'll put it that way. Um, so yeah, that's that. now speaking on uh Scott Middle School and Fort Knox High School, man, have you seen how they kind of like have merged those those yeah. schools? It's kind of weird, it isn't is, it? It's super weird, man. But I mean, it was kind of inevitable, bro. Like mm -hmm. with everybody leaving, Fort Knox is dead. Yeah, ain't no you know ain't no parents there, so that means ain't no kids there. They don't have enough people to populate <laughs> neither schools right. to its capacity. So we, yeah, they we struggled back in the day with sports. Just imagine now with this so being so in and out, and yeah. you know, man, I know they struggle real hard with, with with sports then. So, um, in high school, Fort Knox in high school, that's when you saying you really started, and I'm pretty uh, you you really started getting into music. And when you say getting into music, that's more or less you writing music on your own, right? So it was more so me, um, to, and to be honest, like all of my friends were playing basketball or playing football and you know I had my little time with that but to be honest with you it was when I joined the band and I learned how to like you know read music you know okay. what I'm saying and write music that way mm -hmm. you know what I mean um and from there like I just developed the love uh but to be completely honest with you it really came um from hip-hop mm -hmm. uh I was a huge huge Timbaland fan Timbo. So closest I could do to getting or making beats like him was to learn how to play the drums. Okay. That was my that was my number one motivation in the learning. You know what I'm saying? Like joining the band and <clears throat> being intentional about wanting to play the drums, okay. learning how to read music and doing that. And maybe, you know, being a super producer one day, which no. Nah. <laughs> but, but it but you know, uh, a 10, 11 year old's dream, that's what yeah. it was, man. I, I loved his beat and loved like, you know, just how he transitioned completely uh, the entire game. You know what I mean? Just with just with his way. That's what's One up, man. Um, uh, Timberland and so so Timberland introduced what made you want to get into um, learning how to play the drums. Absolutely. So that's your inspiration. Now, um, back in the day, I don't know if you know, but it's this cat, um, Tony Royster Jr. Have I, you ever heard of him? I have not. So he used to live on Fort Knox back in the day. And he was he, he would run around. He would kick it with his real short, real short guy. Super cold at the drums. Mm. He would wake up in the morning. We'll be outside, and the only thing you was hear is Tony beating on those drums. We'd be all the way down the street. He's just beating on them drums. Wow. We'd be like, "They go Tony. They go Tony playing the drums." So then, um, before you knew it, uh, he was he 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 was playing the drums for Jay Z. Then he was going on tour 
with Jay-Z playing the drums. So this is a kid who we went to school with wow. who ended up super cold on the drums. If you ever get a chance, look him up. Um, Tony Royster Jr., super wow. cold with the drums. But yeah, just what made me think of that when you said you wanted to play the drums. Um, now, how did, how did you like band being in at, at this school? It's kind of different, you know, if you probably like back home where your parents are from, their band is a little mm -hmm. bit different from being in a band here. Yeah. Was there any bit of a difference? Do you think you still got the 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 learning that you would like to get from that? No, well, I didn't know that. Um, I didn't know what the culture was like as mm -hmm. far as like from an HBCU that young at the time. Okay. Um, it wasn't nothing but a matter of time, maybe in, you know, three or four years later after I started learning where we went to visit the homecoming. And I'm like, oh my God, like they're yeah. sitting here playing my favorite songs, like my favorite <laughs> rap songs out there on that field. And it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and it more or less, that inspired me um, in high school to want to go to TSU at first. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I marched in high school all four years, you know, came coming from Fort Knox, to be honest, uh, I pretty much was, I don't know, <laughs> kind of a second class citizen because I ended up transferring to John Harden. Okay. You ended up going and, to John. I was going, I was going to be my next question. Right, right, right. So, you know, it's funny because coming from Fort Knox, everybody who came from there again was just not it. You know yeah. what I mean? And John Harden was really establishing himself or, or, or very or pretty much had intentions to establish himself as premier like people, like a premier program in every way, especially the music program. Shout out to Tom Case. He was the uh, the director at the time. So I actually, um, when I went to, to John Harden, I got put in like the beginning band, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Without them even like knowing what I could do. Oh, uh, okay. And I can remember um, it was actually in between classes. I had a meeting with him. And I was kind of like telling him, I'm like, you know, I don't think I believe or I don't believe that I should be in this class. And he's like, well, why not? I'm like, well, because I maybe did like one or two days and I'm like, man, this stuff is just too easy. You yeah, know what I mean? Bad, yeah. And yeah, so I mean, like, he's like, well, come out here, let's see what we can do. So it was like a drumline thing where I was on one side <laughs> of the pad, he was on the other side of the pad and we were going at it and we uh -huh. were like battling and he was so impressed. You know what I mean? That like, that was my last day in beginning band. Oh, yeah. Put me in there. Uh, section leader that year, uh, center snare that year, you know what I'm saying? Let's like, go. I was making it happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I was putting on for the culture. And then, when that movie came out, that's when people was like, Desmond, is that what you can do? You can do that shit? Like, that's crazy. I'm like, no, nah, <laughs> bro, y'all thought Ben was whack. Man. Right. You know what I mean? Don't try to jump on. Yeah. Because Nick Cannon on there trying yeah. to jump in. They see how dope it is from there because a lot of people haven't uh, really maybe never been to one of those HBCUs and experience something like that. When you see it out there like that, you just go crazy. Right. It's like, man, I, I can remember going back home um, to Bama and we would go down to the Turkey Day Classic or something like that and see the bands play. Then my cousin then went to uh, Alabama A&M. And then going down there for their homecoming and seeing how that was. And it was just the whole thing. I was like, man, it's crazy. So um, now what type of student were you in school? Excel in school? Did enough to get by? How was that for you? <laughs> I feel like I excelled in school. I ain't really had no choice. When uh -huh. it came to academics, my parents did not play. They play with it, you huh? You know what I mean? Like, they, they gave me actually a certain amount of C's that I was able to get. Like, okay, this is your junior high school. You get no more than two C's for the entire year. And anything outside of that, like, you know, I was definitely getting punished, you know what I mean? Whew, so, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, it, it, was, it was intense. Um, but, you know, for the most part, um, 
you know, when junior, senior year was when I was like, you know, taking CP class, college mm-hmm. prep classes, you know, okay. AP classes and things like that. So, you know, I, I, I made it happen. Man, I think my peoples was just, man, I'm just glad that boy could just, just get there <laughs> as long as he can get out. You know right. what I'm saying? I don't think that it was that I couldn't do the work. It was the fact that I was preoccupied when I would go to class. I was the one getting my hair braided in class. Oh, yeah, yeah. Getting my hair taken out in class. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just doing the stuff that I wasn't really, what I shouldn't have been doing, you know what I mean, the whole time. But I, I, I you know, ended up getting through though, man. I ended up passing. You know what was good for me though? Um, portfolios. Yeah. Like my portfolios were, were, were smooth. They were yeah. on point. Because I came, only did a year and a half at North because I came from, you know, Knox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then it's just like, yo, I, I had a lot of stuff that was on point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because of, you, know, I guess the maybe the teaching was a little bit better. Right. Could be. Could possibly be. <laughs> you know be. what I'm saying? We heard rumors about North Harden. Right, man. Like, you already, hey, um, man. It's, man, y'all was out there. <laughs> yeah, we had some. Yeah, we had some wild. We definitely had some wild times. Now, um, in high school, you ended up also, you know, getting with a crew. Yeah. You know, um, and you guys start running around, and um, you're making music. You, you know, you're being featured on songs. Um, do you remember like what that first that that first track was like oh, when man. you laid something? Do I remember? Oh my god! <laughs> like, yeah, like I mean, this was. Uh, you know, it, this was seventh, eighth grade when mm-hmm. I wrote my first rap. Okay. And um, I'd be remiss if I didn't give the credit to Mr. Calvin Baker. Okay. Um, you know, we. Beasy. Yeah, we had a class together. And, um, you know, he was just like, man, I, I want to I want to do a rap group. And I'm like, I ain't never done that before. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't never written nothing or nothing like that. And he just kind of put it in my head. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I wrote something. I remember I I, uh, I want to say I rapped it for, for some young lady. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I built up enough confidence. I'm like, yo, check this out. And she gave me my first compliment. Oh, yeah? You know what I mean? So that that right, that's all I needed. Boosted that, was, that confidence. That was all the energy I needed. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, especially coming from a female uh-huh. too. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, it was, it was, it was nothing. It was, it was, it was nothing. Nobody could tell me anything. So, you know, it was really one of those things where, you know, we got to um what's that? You got the bath. As soon as you go right through there, hit that door. Right there to the right. Open that door. It's a bathroom right there. Nah, keep going all the way back by where that light's at. Shout out. Shout out my son, Ethan. <laughs> Big six. <laughs> cool. Ethan in the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so it was it was really one of those things, man, where like it had to happen from there. You know, um, I was making summer trips to his crib and he ended up like taking a recording uh like box or something like that. Um, and figuring out how to hook a mic to it, hook a beat to it, and, like, record on the beat. Now, mind you, this was unheard of. Like, mm-hmm. we're 13, 14 years old. Right. You know what I'm saying? And he was able to, like, figure that out. And the first track that we made was called The Beginning. The be- okay. Yeah, it was called The Beginning, and I still hold him to because he can't find it. Like, it seems <laughs> like he finds it, then loses it, finds it, then loses it. Come on, Beezy, right. what's going on, man? Exactly. Exactly, and uh, it was it was me, um, Blue Baptiste. I call him Honorable, but Blue Baptiste, Chris Thompson. I don't know if you remember Jeff Thompson. It was little brother Chris Thompson. Jeff went to uh, with the Fort Knox, Fort Knox High. But um, 
and Calvin. You okay. know what I mean? And uh, Calvin was on there spitting too. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. A lot of people don't know. Like you know, Calvin's a behind the scenes person. Put put the money up type of person. Yeah. Calvin was rapping at first. You know? <laughs> so I kind of viewed myself um, as we evolved. I would say um, from just like a recording box or whatever to you know, sound recorder on the computer and all of that stuff. I felt like I was the guinea pig. So anytime he, you know, had gotten some new program or figured out some new program, it was me who he was calling. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like in and testing it out or whatever. And oh you was um, a, you were the guinea pig. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, some of that stuff we kept, you know what I mean? Actually a lot of that stuff we kept. Um and from there, you know what I mean, like that's why I just got my pen tight. Okay. You know? Now now back then or and even before then what were you listening to? Who did you grow up listening to? What artists were inspiring you? Okay, um, Jay Z for sure. That's yeah. that's the goat. That's mm -hmm. my favorite artist. Anybody who knows me knows that that he, that man's inspired me in so many different ways. Right, you know right. what I mean? Like everything from um, you know just being a family man, everything from uh, being a businessman. You know how to treat people. Um, I mean, you would say he's a father figure or whatever, but you know what I'm saying? I got a dad who's done all of that stuff. But I mean, like, musically especially, yeah. you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, my whole style, you know, I, I, or most of it just kind of comes from uh, listening to him for the most part. So, like, you know, I was a real East Coast type of dude, you know what I'm saying? Mob Deep, uh, you know, Nas, yes, um, Wu-Tang, uh, you know, everybody in that direction, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, um, was, was, was it for me. That's what it is. So a lot of yeah. So so you would say the way that you that you was riding on the beat and some of the things you were spitting was more or less kind of like that Absolutely. that East Coast up north style. Yeah, for sure, for sure. For so sure. that was that was my lane. <laughs> that was my lane. That's what's up right there, man. You can't. It's it's always some good music. Um, they come. They came out of that. That they came out back then. Um, for sure. Now, uh, after. You're there at Fort Knox, everything. Um, you you know you're going on through. You said you did. You ended up leaving Fort Knox yep. and going to John Harm. How long did you do at John Harm before you graduated? I did sophomore, junior, and senior years. So I had okay. my sophomore year, junior, and senior year. Okay, so you're there at John Harden. Ended up graduating from John Harden. Um, now after you graduated from John Harden, what was on? What was on your path? I know you ended up going to Western Kentucky. Was that the first school that you applied to? Because you just said you wanted to go to TSU. Yes. Um, what what ended up happening there? So I fell in love with the whole HBCU culture, the whole environment, um, you know, especially musically. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was the intention. You know, I pretty much excelled like crazy um, behind the drum. You know what I'm saying? So that was going to be my lane. That's what I chose. TSU was the move. Let's do it. SAT comes and I miss it. Mm. Can't go. But in between that, I have been visiting, you know, Western frequently, like okay. with Lindsay. You know okay. I mean? Yeah, yeah. I so, did the same thing with my sisters. So just going up there. Yeah. Absolutely. So was going up there, going to parties at the Armory. I seen you at one of them. You yep. know what I'm saying? Like, you know, blue dome parties, all of that. And I'm like in high school. Yeah. So, so I'm like, Ooh. man, yeah. though, like. Is this what college is like? <laughs> I'm in here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like TSU didn't work out, you know, because I missed the SAT. So it was a no-brainer. I'm I'm coming to Western. Like, Party school. This is it. Yeah, this is this is it. New people up there, you know what I'm saying? Um, and everybody just showed love. Like, you know, 
I guess just a lot of it had to do with everybody liking Lindsay. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But you know, she was introducing me to everybody. Like it's my little brother, and everybody was showing love. Right. And my sister's friends was fine. <laughs> like, up. So yeah, you, you know, hey, you right in there. That's it. Like, you that's, right that's in there. You it. plugged in. That's I'm little 17. bro. I'm looking. Look, I'm looking at 21 years. Like, damn. Right. This is it. I'm in there. You in there? That's dope right there. Now. Did the crew want to come? Did, did the uh, did the rap group want to come? Did some of those individuals graduate from high school and come on too, or did you? Did those guys just stay behind and go do something different? We kind of disseminated. Um, Calvin ended up going to Moorhead. Okay. Uh, Honorable did come to Western. He came to Western and spent a few years there. Chris Thompson had moved to uh, Indianapolis. And, okay. And you know spent. A lot of his adult life there, so um, you know it was it was uh, it was like that. But we kept in touch, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, the music thing kind of slowed down because it wasn't too long before uh, Calvin ended up joining the military. Okay, so then it slowed down because Calvin was the one working everything, doing everything that he had to do. Yeah, because he huh. wasn't gonna get much out of me. Like, and that's 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 something that we you know. Uh, it's one of those things where I have been a feature on every hot artist. Right, tape in some form right. or fashion around here. Right, and he's like the, of- <laughs> the unspoken Jim who got bars. Who is just like, yeah, I got this, but I really don't want to fool with this. You know, it, eh, whatever. It, it was like that. So I mean, you know, based off of you know these features, I would always hear people say like, well, who's that other dude on you know Cam's record? Who's that on Sweet's record? You know, Calvin's record? You know what I mean? Like. Who who is that? And Calvin to tell you best, like man, don't worry about it. He ain't about to do nothing. <laughs> Look, we, he That's his story nothing. all the time. Right, too, right, man. right. You know he what I'm saying? Like even my man Coop gave me the nickname, the best that never doing shit. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? So no, but but you know, it was really one of those things where it came in seasons. Well, mm-hmm. it was like I would be full fledged, like I'm going at it. I'm about to do it. I'm making a mixtape. This was in college too, and yeah. I got a story about that too. About I had a hit in college, but anyway, um, <laughs> and then like it would just leave me. You know, life would would happen or whatever, um, and then it would come back again, and I start recording and start making music and just all of that. So I, I, I I'm sitting on some stuff right now. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, and the crazy thing is, I don't know if I'll ever release it. Man, that's man. We need to. <laughs> You need to dig in those crates, man. I'm telling you, man. I've I've heard you on a I've heard you on a few tracks, and we're gonna get the we're gonna get to those, um, get to you being featured on some of those artists. I want to know some of those artists who you're featured on. I know a couple of um, albums that you have been on, so you know I even shot a video with you before on with with Sweet. So we're gonna get into that too as well. But before we carry on, you guys, you know we gotta go ahead and pay a couple of bills. So I'm gonna go ahead and let my man from A1 Lawn Care and Landscaping let them know what you do. This portion of the podcast is sponsored by A Plus Lawn Care and Landscaping. Are you looking to get your grass cut? Maybe you want to beautify the front of your home. Maybe you got a business that you need taken care of. Make sure that you tap in with my people at A Plus Lawn Care and Landscaping. Contact them at 2011 Oak Metal Drive out in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. You can also hit them up on Facebook at A Plus Lawn Care and Landscaping. This is a military-owned landscaping company that is created to meet the needs of their beloved customers. Um, 
Now, y'all already know we back to the show. My people at A-plus Lawn Care and Landscaping will get you together. If you're looking to get your yard fixed up, if you need to get your, you know, some little landscaping done, tap in, man. They'll get you a nice affordable price and let them know the world's of this podcast sent you through. And that's your man, one Eye Willie. Now, back to the show with my man, the plug, Desmond Thompson. What's up, what's up, what's up? Now... You get down to Western Kentucky. Your sister's introducing you to everybody. Yeah. What's the vibe like there? What, what, what did you like about the vibe that was down there? Uh, it, it, I feel like I feel like the black people, the black community, although it was small, everybody was cool. Mm-hmm. You know, um, everybody embraced each other. Everybody knew each other. Yeah. Um, supported each other in some form or fashion. Uh, you know, even seeing the Greek life out there, and I mean, things was things was just looking good all together. It was almost like a mini HBCU. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah, it so, was. We had a, we had a lot of people from Nashville, and yeah. then we had that Louisville, and then everybody else sprinkled in between. Exactly. Exactly. So you know, it, it was it was a love. It was a, a love like immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I love Western when I went down there too. At first, I went down and I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna feel this. And then after a while, it, it got to the point to where I didn't come home. You yeah. know. Um, so you're down there. Um, when you when you came down, did you have in mind, hey, I want to do the band. I'm gonna do the band thing? Had you already let that go? I let it go. Okay, you know, because I I pretty much had stuck in my head that I didn't want to do that traditional robotic mm-hmm. type of marching anymore. You know, although um, it could it could sharpen up my skill set. Yeah, it it really just wasn't any it wasn't anything for me. Anymore. Uh, what what were you going to school? What were you planning on majoring in? So I wanted to do business, uh, you know, and just like every black person um, who <laughs> is up, like flunking or whatever seems like, but that was the that was the move at first. Didn't know what direction, whether it was you know business administration or what. Um, had a few talks with my mom. Mm-hmm. My mom was heavy in the human resources. Okay. Um, so I kind of connected that uh, together and had some leadership in there too. So I ended up uh, majoring in, in uh, human resources. Okay, that's what it is. Human resources. Um, hard to find a job in that field once you came out. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, post graduation, it was it, HRC had just maybe been open for a few years. Mm-hmm. You know, big joint on Fort Knox. Yeah. I thought that was gonna be the ticket. Yeah. Nah. 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 Not it. <laughs> nah. That wasn't it, man. Um, you know, and then honestly, I. It's it's a big difference between having like a you know a degree in um, you know in, in whatever it is and not having any experience. To me, I feel like uh, you know experience like completely outweighs like education. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, when you're a part of that just realistic atmosphere of whatever you're going through, the ups, the downs, like you know the turns, the twists, and all of those things you're experiencing, yeah. that's where the le- the lessons yeah. come to the me. Hands on, yeah, yeah for yeah, sure, yeah, for, for sure. sure. So it was I agree it was that. pretty difficult, man. But um, you know, I, I found uh, a niche somewhere else. Um, you know, all in all, just kind of went in the direction of a uh, retail, which mm-hmm. I had had some experience in, and. Um, you know, just being like a consumer like no other, just the way that I was buying shit, you know what I mean, <laughs> constantly, uh, you know, and I, I ended up getting on at finish line uh-huh. um, as an assistant manager. Now, now, you got, oh, when you graduated from up there at Western? Yep. Now, let's rewind back a little bit during your time at Western because cool. I want to ask you a couple of questions about this. Yeah. You get down there that you know coming down there that you wanted to join a fraternity. It was freshman year. It was... Um, 
it was it was kind of. Uh, I'm gonna check it out. I'm, mm-hmm. gonna, I'm 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 gonna check it out because I definitely wanted to be. I wanted to get involved mm-hmm. at Western. I wanted to, you know, I jumped in and, you know, I was in Black Student Alliance and, okay. and you know, uh, NAACP. Okay. Um, I even was a drummer for ATJ for a little bit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I was trying to get involved, you know, just trying Amazing to Amazing tones of joy. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, it, it was it was uh, just one of those things where I wanted to make something out of my college experience. Um, and I had a few talks with, uh, you know, some people who were in Greek life at Western. Yeah. I had some talks with my mom. Is She's Greek. She's an AKA. Okay. Um, you know, shout out to my sister, too. She just crossed. She's an AKA. Oh, well. your sister's AKA, yeah. too? That's mm-hmm. what's up. Okay. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, for sure. So, um, but yeah, you know, and, and my mom gave me some, some meaningful advice uh, mm-hmm. just about who she felt would... Uh, or who she felt like I should be yeah. a part of, you know, what you I mean? roll with. And, and right, and it, it, it was a. Uh, I started to do my research, but what what was consistent from the people, you know, what I'm saying at at Western in Greek life, they kept telling me like, you need to go to every interest meeting. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? By then, I'd had in my head what I you wanted was already to be, what I wanted to be a part of. Was that the only interest meeting that you went to, or did you go to any others? I went to a couple. Okay. I went to a couple. Um, you know, and just. Cool guys, you know what I'm saying, but with me, yeah, you know, um, it wasn't what I wanted to contribute to. Okay, so yeah, that was my thing. So uh, now, at the time, who I can't remember was it? Hold on, hold on, hold on. What's my man's name? Uh, was was he? I think that he crossed before you, my man, Derek. Derek, uh, like Gardner. Gardner, yeah, 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 Darren Gardner, yeah, okay. shout out Darren Gardner, yeah, 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 yeah. Spring 02. Yeah. Man, he's, uh, that's my man, he came down, we was all freshmen together. Oh, okay, okay. You know what I mean? So he came down, we all stayed in King Hall or whatever, so I remember Derek being there. I can't think of, um, I can't think of any of the other cats who ended up, uh, you know, with some older cats who were there, you know, so on and so forth, yeah. so I can't, I can't even remember those guys, man, but. I can name a whole, but I'm not even going to get that. <laughs> yeah, I got you. So you come down, you uh, you see these guys, and you really kind of start vibing with those individuals, and you decide to go ahead and um, take your shot at uh, becoming a, um, what I, I want to make sure that I'm that I'm politically correct, uh, Alpha Phi Alpha, correct? That's right. That's All right, right, cool, cool, cool. So you decided you want to join that. Um, I'm pretty sure your mother gave you some nice sound advice about that direction, who you should go in. Now, now, isn't it like the AKAs and the Alphas are kind of like brothers, yeah. sisters, or something right, like right, that? Right, right, right. So it kind of made sense. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But she she kept it genuine. Okay. You know? um, she said there was some really you know solid men um, during her HBCU experience, uh-huh. shit, 25 years prior, that she just really felt like um, they could... They could do something for me. Just what what the understanding that she had uh-huh. for the organization. She felt like this was something that was heavyweight. Okay. Yeah. That's what's up right there. Moms gave some gave you some gave you some good advice. Now, um, I'm pretty sure you probably don't know, but do you think that the experience of the going through the initiation process yeah. was a little bit different at uh, Western Kentucky versus the HBCU, you think it would have been the same? You hear, when it comes to processes, everybody went through the hardest process. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know what I'm saying, like went through the longest process. Yeah. Everybody wants to gloat about, you know, what they did and all of those things. 
And, you know, to be honest, you're, you're basically at the care of your pro fights. So however they want to, I would say, guide you through this process is what's going to happen. Um, so with me, I'm super duper grateful for the way that I went through, mm -hmm. um, whether I liked it or not, whether it was the right way or not. Um, clearly it wasn't. <laughs> legally it wasn't. <laughs> we are non-hazing organizations, by the way. Put that disclaimer. Let's go. Right. Let's go. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, but I'm I'm definitely grateful. But again, everybody went through the hardest. You know, what I mean, you talk to somebody who went to TSU, um, as opposed to somebody who went to Moorhead, and nobody's gonna be like, oh wow, you know, you definitely yeah. did more than I did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's hard to tell. Man, yeah, um, <laughs> that's funny. I could, um, you could almost tell kind of sort of when somebody was you know going through something i think at one point in time when we first went there the uh girls who were crossing aka like they had to wear high heels every day they could not walk in the grass <laughs> so you could kind of like tell a couple <laughs> couple things with some guys who you seen were crossing that you can kind of just like pick up on and be like okay these guys they're going through the process you yeah. know what i'm saying so i got real reclusive mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like I ain't come out much, you know. Right, right. Yeah, it was it, it was it was like low. that. Yeah, it was there like I got low. You I lost the parties. Weight. You go from going to the parties to yeah, <laughs> it happens. You know what I'm saying? Like I chose that semester to just kind of focus on me. Okay, got you, got <laughs> you. Now, uh, the one big thing about the experience of joining a fraternity or a sorority. Um, you're going through the you go through the process, you're going through the motions, but it's that probate day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Probate day go. How many people were on your line? What was probate day and night like for you? Oh yeah. And maybe day after, because I know day after and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. those get super lit. Yeah. Uh <laughs> November nineteenth, two thousand and five, you know, that's a rough day, whatever. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, it was it was a pajama party over at um, uh, shout out to Garrett Ballroom. Garrett Ballroom, they tore it down, didn't she they? Did man. man, rest in peace, man. man had a lot Garrett, of good man. times there. Garrett. Anyway, so yeah, pajama party that, that the bros had threw. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it was it was intense. You know, definitely intense. Um, we kind of fooled the the college crowd and thinking there were more of us than there were actually were. Mm -hmm. The line from UK was pledging the same time that we were, and they actually came down. We all dressed up in black. It was like 10 of us up on stage. They thought it was 10, but it was only five. Oh, okay. Only five. So we, we spit a little bit of information. Those five went off stage. It was just us five. Um, you know, Justin Withrow was the one. Jonathan Castro was the two. Castro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Shout I'm out to Dominican. Funny story about Castro. <laughs> funny story right. about Castro. Oh, man. So, yeah. So, uh <laughs> Brandon Williams was the three, I was the four, and uh, Dr. Walter Malone, the third, was the five. Oh, whoa, oh, I forgot all about yeah, Walt. Yeah, Walt, yeah. you crossed with Walt? Okay. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's what's up. For sure. That's what's up. What's Walt? You, you still, I, well, I'm pretty, I know you're still in tune with him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how Walt been doing, though? Yeah, Walt's, Walt's good, man. He's he's good. He's, um, you know, heavy in the education. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's definitely his, uh, his niche uh -huh. and his, you know, service to the people. Right, that's what it is. Now his father was a, a big pad, big time pastor yeah. back in the day, right? Still is, Still yep, is. Yep. Okay. For, for Canaan Christian, okay. Yep. 
Like, I always thought that Walter was going to go down that lane and kind of get into that. I kind of still, he. I mean, even though he's in education, he still probably could get into. He was also, was he, he was also in ATJ. Yeah. had something to do with that too, right? He was the president while we was, uh, while we was pledging. So. See, I used to be in the back scene, but I, in the back, but I still kind of <laughs> knew the, I still knew the key players, you know what I'm saying? Right. I wasn't, uh, I was, uh, I wasn't the, the, the popular guy on the yard. I always felt like if you were in a, fraternity or sorority you kind of was like not true bro. you know what i mean but you still had those guys who was you know because there were people in fraternities and sororities and football teams and basketball teams who were lame as hell yeah yeah, you You know what i'm saying it was just a matter of just you being you and people gravitating to your energy that's what it was yeah yeah i think my yeah my car yeah my energy was definitely (laughs) off during college i'm sorry you guys (laughs) You know what I'm saying? This was, was a wild wildin'. time, man. It was a wild time. <laughs> High school, college, and a little bit after. Yeah, uh, get my act together. <laughs> my partner told me the other day, man, there's no more ill will, man. You want our Willie now. Oh, <laughs> man, you ill will to me for the longest, man. Always going to be that, dog. You know, so. Oh. <laughs> uh, now, while you're down there, you ended up graduating. I know the the whole college experience was dope. Everybody loved the college experience. You ended up graduating. Now, post-graduation, you ended up getting a job at um, Finish Line yep. where you start jumping into retail. Now, you said earlier that before that you had a job in retail. Where did you work prior to that? Yeah, just just little little spots, man. Um, you know, I worked at Shoe Carnival for a little bit. Uh, I remember the boss getting on me because he felt like I was too helpful mm-hmm. to the customers. Too helpful. You 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 were responsible for just keeping your area clean. Oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? So I remember him specifically saying like, "Man, you're not here to sell, fam. You're here to straighten up." All right, whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, um, you He's know, worked, a worker. Yeah, right. Um, also worked at Lids too. Okay. Um, which was a full circle moment, but um, yeah, worked work there as a third key. You know what I'm saying? So that was that was cool. Now Lids at Lids at the mall in Baltimore. Baltimore. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you, I, I do I remember, yeah, I think I do remember you working yep. at Lids. I was I was there for I was there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and so sure. then you eventually ended up over as an assistant manager over at Finish Line. For sure. Shout out to uh, Patrick Moore. He um, he actually was a store manager of the the Elizabethtown one at the time. Yeah, sure, I remember. Um, right. So he needed uh, a third piece to his management squad, and I had just graduated. Um, and I had actually, I had tried finish line three times before that. You no know what love. Mean? None. You yeah. know, I got maybe one or two interviews. Um, you know what I'm saying, and it just didn't go down that way. But, you know, all in all, everything happens in perfect timing. Got on with the squad, um, you know, and excelled like crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, had the time of my life. We mm-hmm. were, you know, not only are you around the best product in the world, you know what I'm saying? But you're, like, having fun selling it, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's you know, everybody's in competitive mode. Yeah. Um, you know, you're sporting the dopest kicks. Everybody's kind of looking at you as like an influence because, you know, if we're coming in the sneaker store, we want to see what's hot. It's going to be on the people who work there as feet. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, so yeah. So, I mean, like, it was it was just, it was cool all around. So, y'all got love when those sneakers came in or y'all just had first dibs when the sneakers came in? Both. Both. Yeah. That's what's up right there. Yeah, I know. Both. <laughs> yeah, I know you love that right there for <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, I remember Patrick, man. He used to be around on the yard and then I think yeah. um, I ended up moving... After I graduated, or even when I used to come back down here, I would see him at the finish line in the mall down here all the time, you yeah. know. And it just was a familiar face from um, from WKU. So from there, um, how long did you work at the uh, finish line store in 
in um, Bowling Green. And well, I didn't work in Bowling Green. I got hired in E-Town. Oh, you got hired on the one in E-Town, mm-hmm. so you never worked at the one in Bowling I didn't work in the one okay, in Bowling Okay, you just Green. was a management down here at the one in E-Town. Okay. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, that was post-graduation. For, for probably about a week, I was, you know, traveling back and forth because I still had to finish my lease up in BG. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was traveling back and forth, you know what I'm saying, working, I don't know, maybe like three days a week or something like that until, right. you know, I finally relocated, uh, you know, back to my parents' crib. You know what I'm saying? After I graduated. And so. Now, you said that uh, everybody is kind of like the competitive nature. Everybody's out there trying to sell shoes. Is that what it is? Is there incentives if you sell so many items or so many shoes? What What is it? So, yeah. Um, you know, there were different spiffs, different, like, you know, programs and things that were going on. But then you had your expectations, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know... I'm pretty sure that you've experienced going into a finish line or a foot locker or whatever, and them trying to add on sale. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Whether you want some socks or some laces, some cleaners, some insoles, whatever it is. Because uh, that, that was pretty much basically how we were judged on. You know, the better employees were reputable for selling insoles, which was the hardest add on accessory to, you know, to sell with a pair of sneakers. Uh-huh. Somebody want to come in for some retro 11s, you know, they're not buying any insoles. Right. With it. They may not even try them on, you know what yeah. I mean? Nine times out of 10, they're not trying them on. They know they size, but, you know, all in all, it was still an expectation. Now, this was old finish line, you know what I mean? So um, it, it really got to a, a very competitive type of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Who's selling the socks the best? Who's selling the, you know, the laces the best, insoles and so forth? Man, I, I, I never knew that it was, you know, uh, such a competitive thing like that. But I guess you had to really be on your game, really be a hustler, get out there, first person, talking to that talking to that customer. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? How y'all doing? So then I guess, would you say that you excelled at it because you had already had a sense of fashion, a sense of style? Yeah, you want to have that all together because you want to – a customer comes in, mm-hmm. right, and you got to make them feel like whatever shoe they pick is the best decision in the entire store, right? Mm-hmm. But then on top of that, you have to have like some type of understanding or be privy to what's going to work along with that shoe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if it's an all-white Air Force One, it should already pop in your head that I need to sell a force field for it because they're definitely going to be... Uh, you know, cognizant that it's, it's going to crease. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, sell some cleaner and protective for it because, you know, it's a it's white all shoe. White it's shoe. all white yeah. shoe, you know? And then a six-pack of Nike socks or maybe do our, you know, in-house deal of buy one, get one free with the socks or whatever. And whatever it is, like, just stuff needs to pop in your head that's what's just going to work, mm-hmm. you know? So just knowing that, um, that was a part of it, but then also just, yeah, I've always been in tune with what's hot, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I've always been in tune with, uh, you know, what's what's going to work, and I've low-key uh, been able to just kind of tell what's going to be in fashion, like forecasting it, like, just for the future. Yeah, yeah, so, okay. Yeah. That's what's up right there, man. Yeah, definitely have to have that vision. Know what meshes well, because I'm pretty sure somebody, people come in and they're like, hey, I got this outfit. What do yeah. you think this? What can I put together with this? So on and so forth. Exactly, exactly. And especially like in E-Town, mm-hmm. real E-Town is like 10 years behind. <laughs> 15 years behind. Yeah, super behind. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't know if you can remember the little stores in, in the E-Town Mall, what they had, style setters, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I remember that. Um, you know, just a couple of, like, little joints where you would buy polos that look like it came from 2001, you know what I'm saying? Like, you buying sweatpants that are just terrible, just, you know man, what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it, and, and honestly, 
these these designs or wherever they're buying this stuff from to come in their stores, it's like obviously the people creating them are not in tune. Period. You know what I'm saying? Um, at all. So yeah, man, you had to. <laughs> you had to. Well, so would you say that it was was it hard to sell in down there because of the lack of fashion oh, sense? Bro, it was easier oh, because yeah. nobody like. Nobody knew anything, and they mm-hmm. acted like it. They 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 <laughs> completely intru- put trust in us. Yeah. The harder stores is like Louisville, which uh-huh. I ended up working. You know what I'm saying in Jefferson Mall when I was training to be a store manager. Okay. And that's where every that's where all niggas know everything. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I know what I want. I don't want to hear anything else. I know my size. I know what's gonna match it. All that stuff. Don't talk about no socks, no shoestrings, or nothing. Talk to me in a in a reputable. Um, I would say like a traditional J Mall customer uh-huh. was non-tolerant to any of that type of stuff. If you could sell to a J Mall customer, you could sell to anybody. Yeah, J Mall definitely, uh, definitely one of those uh, rough malls, to, uh, rough malls to to go to. I so I know it's not necessarily a rough mall to go to. I wouldn't say that, but just I'm, I'm sure it's you deal with a lot being. In that. Man, absolutely, man. Shout out to Rayhan Falls, man. He was my store manager while I was up there. My first day, first day in, man. I'll never forget. He's like, uh, "All right, man. So we got it. We got an issue up at the counter." He took me to the back. So we got an issue up at the counter. He's trying to return some shoes that he wore. And I want you to handle it. I got in a full fledged argument <laughs> with the customer. I mean, argument, fam. Like. I'm like, dog, what am I doing working here? Like, yo, people was crazy. Oh, uh, yeah. People was he was he wanted to argue the fact that he 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 wanted his money back and he didn't wear it. He didn't wear him. But it looked like he was like, bruh, heel toeing in like fresh cut grass, fam. Like right. you're not Don't No, it's try. not gonna it's happen, fam. Like these are your options. And J Mall customers just they just don't have it sometimes. So I had to learn quickly, bro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Now, um, how was it? Because I know nowadays it's a little bit different when it comes to the shoe releases. Yeah. Now I remember, I can remember back in the day, uh, coming down to E Town. I want to say I came. You were working down there. I came and got those those. Uh, matter of fact, my man repainted it, but they was like great the, fives. They was the great joints. I remember ill will lining great <laughs> fives, bro. Yeah. I knew I was gonna take care of my man. Wasn't no way he was gonna leave with nothing. Man, so I was coming to get those. I was coming in there to get the great fives. Now. That's the question that I was going to ask you. Now, when you started working at Finish Line, is that when you started falling in love with the shoes and becoming a a, a, a shoe fanatic, or was it something? Was it prior to then you started? It was honestly prior. Okay, my dad um, started it where he, you know, he was a huge Jordan fan. So okay. this was like. 92, 91, 92, he would buy him a pair of shoes and mm-hmm. he would give me a pair of shoes. And yeah. I loved him so much I would draw him. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that was that was my thing, you know what I mean? And then like as years went on, you know what I'm saying, you get another focuses, you know. Um, but it started to really come back and I'll never forget I ended up buying with my own money a pair of Sacconi Jazz. So um, it was a pair of Carolina blue ones. That was my color. I would wear that all the Carolina time. And this was blue. like, yeah, this was like middle school. And literally, I would wear those about every day. You know what I mean? Every day. And this was a, uh, I don't know if you can remember when you used to stuff your, your, your yeah, socks, the front. your tongue. Yeah, the so front. So the tongue would kind of come up. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I was doing with it, bro. I mean, my ankles and feet were hurting so bad, <laughs> bro, because that wasn't good for you. But I didn't care. So it it always, you know, just kind of went from there. Okay. Yeah. 
That's what it is. So now you're back at finish line, and then you start. I'm pretty sure you start picking up more because yeah. you're like, yo, I gotta have the the, the next nicest things on my feet. Buying you know, everything, bro. Yeah. I was buying everything. Now, so back in the day, I guess it just changes over time. But back in the day, you were pretty much lining up. Was that like more or less first come first serve? How did that How did that work when it came to retail and when it came to those you know those releases? So then this was pre-raffle, you know what I mean? So it was, um, yeah, first come, first serve. I, I can remember, like, it's, it's funny that you say that um, because for the Great Five release, I can remember coming up to my gate and it was probably like five dudes, you know, in hoodies with just sleep on the ground, bro. It seemed like they had been there for, like, maybe they had spent the night. I don't know. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I had took a picture of my old Instagram, man, and I took a picture of them, like, you know what I'm saying, laying down. I was just like, bro, I don't want to talk about sneakers. Just let me open my gate. That was my caption. That like, I don't want to talk. Because that's, that's, what, that's what happens. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? People want to engage. People want to get in. You don't know whether it's superficial, whether people are like genuine, or whether they're just trying to get in good with you so, you can get what they, yeah, yeah. so they can get what they want. Uh-huh. But, you know, yeah, it was one of those things. Like a first come, first serve. Um, I was pretty good about keeping ordinance. Like, you know, just everybody just staying. Everybody just being safe. You know what I'm saying? Everything being organized. Did you ever run into any of those incidents? You hear about it all the time, especially at J-Mall incidents when it's on those shoe release dates. Me personally, no. It was it was more so like a customer may get into it with another customer. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Nobody ever like, you know, came at me crazy. Because you just had to know how to talk to people. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um you can't, it ain't a dick swinging contest. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, we're literally out here just trying to sell sneakers, want to make sure everybody's good, everybody's happy, they get what they want so we can get back to our family because it was that serious sometimes. Right, you know right. what I mean? So, um, but I will say there, there's been cases where I've heard stories from like my friends or even people who worked for me. Maybe I, I was off that day and it had happened because literally they just were not. They just didn't know how to connect, so they just were like trying to boss up on these customers, <laughs> and these customers is like, "Nah, fam, we not having it." Like right. there was one, there was one time, man. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say who, who it was, um, but one of my managers uh, actually just threw the gate up and let everybody in. Everybody's oh, crowded wow. and all that's crowded around. It was for a retro twelve release. It was around tax season. Now, that's when people get crazy. Will tax season? You know what I mean? So they got it. They ready to spin. Right, exactly. So, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's like, yeah, size this, size this, size this. And you know, um, he was my uh he was my assistant at the time. He was a white guy, you know what I'm saying? And he always felt like everybody was like trying to test him because he was white. Mm-hmm. So he always like was on some bullshit, you know what I mean? So um <laughs> So dudes was like, you know, give me signs out. He's like, everybody calm down, everybody calm down. I ain't getting you sh-. like cussing at people. And people were like, wait, wait, what? Hold like, on. what's so going what? on? One yeah. dude was like, hey, bro, like fam, what time you get off work? Dude was like, why? I will meet you in the parking lot, fam. <laughs> we gonna do this, dog. You don't talk to me like that. He said, you know what? He said, you know what? As a matter of fact, I'll pay you to come to the parking lot and fight me. Right. 
craziest stuff I ever heard, bro. I'm glad he didn't go out there. We don't know how that was gonna end. Yeah, you don't know how that was gonna turn. That was out one. That was one incident. Well, another one was um, when the Concord 11s came out. I had just moved to West Virginia, so I had, it was my first store, and I uh, uh, my my previous store manager. Um, you know, it was it was the release right bef- right after I had left. Uh, Concord 11, crazy oh. shoe. You know what I'm saying? Classic shoe, iconic shoe. Um, he throws the gate up. You know what I'm saying? It, it, there's no type of like, no organization. organization. Period, bro. Like, and that's the thing. It's so pivotal that you do that, or people are going to be crazy. Through the gate up, people knocking over shelves, knocking over fixtures, knocking over everything, trying to get to that. You know, trying to get to the front. Um, shoes getting stolen. You know what I'm oh, saying? You wow. open the box up, it's people's like dress shoes in there, people's like house shoes in there because they didn't t- put the shoes on. And dipped out like people just crazy. People's crazy, fam. I know he had to go after that day. Actually, he kept his job. Oh, I don't yeah. know how he pulled that mug off. He was rubbing elbows to keep that job. Yeah, he might. Yeah, I know because that was that's a lot of that's a lot of missing Duh. missing money when things Duh. like that happen. Right, you're right, man. It's been a lot of crazy stories. So you ended up working at um, the one in Etown, yeah. and then you started, you know, training to become a store manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, at up in Louisville. Mm-hmm. So after that, you know, you did some years there. You eventually get your own store in yep. West Virginia. Yep. How do they determine where you go? Is just a store that comes open? How does that work? I got the small end of the stick, bro. Wasn't nobody trying to go to Charleston. That ain't sexy. <laughs> trying to go to yeah, Charleston. Charleston you know West Virginia. You only yeah. going to some, you only hear somebody talking about they want to go to Charleston if they got family there or they're going through it to get somewhere else. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So Charleston was a part of the district. It was the furthest out. Um, you know what I'm saying, and, and uh, uh, nobody wanted it. So me, I'm hungry. I'm just trying to get. I'm just trying to get in there. You know yeah. what I'm saying. Trying to get my foot in the door. Um, you know, really trying to show them what I got because there was some doubters. You know what I mean. Um, got into Charleston. Is uh, as, as, as white as I thought that it was. My entire uh, management staff was black. You okay. know what I'm saying? Because there is an HBCU in Charleston. Uh, Did you know that? Let's go. Yeah, nah. West Virginia State, I believe it's called. Okay. It's an HBCU. So, I mean, they had some you know people out there who was just, uh, you know, working the finish line or whatever. So, I ended up turning that team completely around because it wasn't, you know, the, the, the store was on a month-to-month lease with the mall. It could close down at any time. The store wasn't profitable. They weren't making any money at the time. So, um, yeah, I ended up turning that store around. I won Rookie of the Year at that store, you know what I'm saying, and, and uh, you know, told the doubters to shut up. So what is it? What, what, what is Rookie of the Year? So How does that work? And is that other? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's only – you can only win it once, obviously, with, with being a rookie, and you just – basically um, head up against the other rookies in the district um, from a metrics level, um, who had the best metrics, who had the best sales game, okay. um, you know, percentage, you know, inventory scores, uh, you know, you even went into um, how the staff did individually as far as like selling insoles, selling laces, selling all the, all these tangibles go in, UPT, that's units per transaction, ADT, that's average dollar per transaction, all of these things to come into account. Mm-hmm. And I was smashing, bro. I even won a trip to Mexico, you know yeah. what I'm saying, through finish line. Yeah, every award you could possibly win, I was on it, fam. I turned them people on. I turned them into hustlers, though. Yeah, so you came in there. You were the fixer. I was in there, though. They <laughs> called me the drill sergeant, man. That's what they was calling me, man. Shout out to Store 21 in Charleston. Why did they, why did they, why did they give you the nickname the drill sergeant? 
it was really one of those things. They didn't have any discipline. You know what I'm saying? They okay. was doing what they wanted. You know what I mean? Which I wasn't rude. I was able to connect with them and mm-hmm. all of those things. But what you not going to do? You know what yeah. I'm saying? We got a job to do. You know what I mean? Or else we ain't going to have a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, facts. yeah. So, well, I mean, month like, to month. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So, I mean, like, we, we, we definitely had to show out. And, um, I'm I'm grateful for the team that I had. Um, you know, everybody contributed and did their thing, and we was able to turn that store into winner into you know into a winning store. Um, but that was only for a few years, and when I left, they ended up kind of downtrodden and they uh, closed man, the store did, down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, that's, it, it happens when you lose some uh, lose good management. <laughs> kind of things kind of go to kind of go to the side, and right. it, you know they it can't happen. Can't, they can't make things happen the same way that you make things. Right, happen. for sure. Now, um, let me ask you. Like areas like the Charleston, West Virginia, and then Elizabethtown, Kentucky. How do they determine what? we're going to get because sometimes you can go in there and it's just like uh, yeah you know do you are in as a store manager do you have any control on or any say so on what's coming into the store to a certain extent Mm -hmm. it kind of depends on how good you and let's be completely honest let's put the politics in it um how good you are with the district manager and how good the district manager is with the merchandisers of the company. Okay. So those are the people who buy the product, um, <clears throat> and then you have your allocators who put the product in certain stores. So all in all, if you get in good with them, and you know, let's say that the Retro 3s are coming out and I'm only getting 12, 14 pair, and I prove that I'm able to sell those 12, 14 pair, I'm going to go to my district manager and say, hey, man, let's see if we can double that allocation. Let me see if I can get 28 pair. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, if if he comes to them on some, hey, I got a store out in West Virginia selling <laughs> J's, you know yeah. what I'm saying, to these people, these country-ass people, <laughs> let's make it happen. You know what I mean? And then I'll end up getting that type of stuff. And it's just some stuff that, that wouldn't make sense, mm-hmm. um, you know, more so from even from a sneaker perspective. We're not going to get, like, we're not gonna get like you know something rare, you know what I mean? That's what I was going. That was gonna be my next question. Like, how likely is it for you to get something rare? You hear about all of these exclusive releases. Uh, this shoe's gonna be here. Oh, this shoe's gonna be released here. How do do you guys? Or have you ever been at a store that got some of those? So, from a macro level, um, you know, when you speak of rarities, because everybody seems to think that stores get everything, which isn't the case. Mm-hmm. There's like crazy collabs, you know, for instance, like right now, you got Stussy collabs, you got Travis Scott's, mm-hmm. things like that that you will not see in retail stores. Okay. But there are like, you know, some sneakers to where they will show up in retail stores, but it'll be a small amount. So, you know, for those types of stores, those t- or those types of, that type of product, it typically or primarily goes to larger volume storage, which would be like a Jefferson Mall. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Jefferson Mall may get something like that. Now, as a shoe connoisseur, how do you obtain those <laughs> shoes? I know you do. You have, And do you have some rarities? So, yeah. So, <laughs> so, I mean, there's a, there's a from, for me specifically, um, I would say it, it, it starts with, with relationships. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a lot easier when you're in the store and you're meeting these customers who, you know, are not only a customer of yours, but they're a customer of, um, you know, maybe 
a, a mom and pop store out okay. in Chicago. You okay. know what I'm saying? Maybe like a like a corporate in Cincinnati or, you know what I'm saying, like in, in Indianapolis or whatever it is. They just happen to know somebody. So you kind of like lean on each other. All right, bro, you want, for whatever reason, you know what I'm saying, you want the great five, you, you want a couple of pair of those, I got you. But, you know, to be honest, I really want this like Air Max One, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, or, I, you know, I really want this retro one. So I look out for you if you look out for me. Yeah. So it's been times like that that all store managers have been a part of, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I'm not saying that anybody was taking any extra cash for anything, so let's make that <laughs> nice and clear. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, all in all, I've engaged in that type of relationship. And then if I want something bad enough where it's sold out, you know what I'm saying, I'll pay the resale price. The mm. resale prices um, sometimes could be fine. and Sometimes they could be crazy. I've paid some crazy-ass prices. Retail. With, yeah. Yeah. Now, the, I mean, resale. Resale. Now, I'm glad you, that was going to be a question that I had. Now, yeah. you were talking about resale. Who were you shopping through when you do resale? Like StockX or? I don't do StockX. Okay. Um, I haven't done StockX for my own reasons. Uh, you know, I, I did my research when I was really, really wanting to, um, you know, just buy some stuff on resale. But mm -hmm. I've been doing that for years. I had, um, I wanted some older stuff at one time. So this is maybe like 2010, 2011. There was a, a Twitter account called Crispy Kicks that uh, a homeboy of mine, I'm not sure if you know him, his name's Davin. Um, you know, he his he went by Gully. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, Gully, no, Gully okay. Originals. That's, I, had a, I used it. to have a Gully shirt. He's doing his thing, too. That's shout it. out Gully. He shout just, out, shout out he just got something in Saks Fifth, right? That's it. Dive Stars Monday. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, he sent you something? You up, man? Let's I buy go. stuff from him. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, shout out. Stuff hey, man, all that. when you talk to him, man, tell him I, got, I need him on the podcast, too. Man. Hey, Ben. He'll be he definitely got to link up on that one. I, be, I've he, been watching this movement for a while. He's killing. He's killing. So super proud of him. But um, so, yeah, man, he uh, uh, actually, you know, was like, hey, follow this Twitter account. You know what I'm saying? They pretty much have anything that you want. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? The prices are pretty reasonable. So I paid like for some old stuff, but it was brand new, you know what I'm saying? Maybe a hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars over like retail or whatever. But now, yeah, GOAT is the route that I go. I okay. love GOAT. I love their customer service. You know what I'm saying? Like, shout out to them. Um, the prices are a little bit more, but you know, that goes to show that um, when you treat the consumer right, they'll they'll be willing to yeah, you know they're willing saying? to pay Hell, that. Yeah. Now, what are your thoughts? Cause just recently you had the whole thing come out about like um you know, people, consumers were upset because they're like all of these Jordans and all of these shoes that are coming out. Like, um, what was it? You had the, the was it the lady from Nike, like her son or yeah. daughter mm -hmm. or somebody were buying up all of the shoes and then, yeah. you know, doing all of those things. And then just recently we get the story about um, fake shoes being sold on these resale sites and so on and so forth. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so... At the end of the day, it's all about access. So for for you know the lady who worked at Nike, whose son was doing that, um, you know he was buying stuff in bulk on her discount. Mm -hmm. I don't think they were able to prove that he was reselling. Okay. You know what I mean? Which he was is, just getting them. Yeah, he was just getting them. You know what I'm saying? So um, you know, all in all, man, like with with StockX specifically, um, you have thousands and thousands of shoes coming in. And mind you, I'm not trying to vouch for StockX or anything. I'm just giving my opinion. 
there's going to be some fakes that make it through. Mm-hmm. Fakes have fakes have evolved so crazy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like they look so good from where, like you know, when I was trying to buy whatever. Hell, they had the hip hop shop in Bowling Green. They yeah, I had remember a that. Load yeah. of fakes. You can yeah. get you can get some Air Force Ones with Young Jeezy painted on. Man, it, you know what I'm mean? trying to tell like, you. Like it was crazy, but you know, from those days and like now, you know what I'm saying? Like you you can barely tell the difference. You mm-hmm. know, you have to have a keen eye in order to really identify like the difference between an authentic and a replica. So you know, all in all, man, it's just it's. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. The reason why I go with GOAT more so is because their customer service is just like, uh, it's just above and beyond to where if if you do happen to get a fake from them, they'll take it back. You know what I'm saying? They'll issue you something. They'll, they'll do something, you know what I'm saying, for their fault. StockX is kind of difficult, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, to where they'll even contest, you know what I'm saying? Like, wait this was authentic. What do you mean it's fake? You know what I'm saying? And then they'll just like kind of dispute you and you kind of go back and forth and then they'll give you the option of selling the shoe back to StockX oh, wow. um, and you'll miss out on money. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? Part, you you yeah. won't get your refund back. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's a lot. Oh, okay, yeah, definitely. I'm not one of those. I, I If I can't get in the store, I'm kind of like, eh, I guess I'm just not going to catch that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd be wanting to get some of those shoes but then it's just like... Let me fall back. Right. Um, I'll, you know, if I catch it, I catch it. If not, man, then it's it, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? I'm give me some Jordan ones. Yeah, give me a pair of forces, <laughs> and yeah, I'm good and to go. The Jordan one game is crazy. Yeah. Now, again, I'm not saying that I like forecasted or like you know what I'm saying was was able to just speak it into existence. But I've been on retro ones, and there's a reason why mm-hmm. um early on 2006 2007 that was the cheapest retro the retro one yeah so that would be my lane and then like the more that i bought them for that because they were more affordable not necessarily affordable but it was just like more likely that i'd be able to get that 110 dollars i think over like 140 135 other retro you know what i'm saying um so yeah, so I, I jumped on it and just kind of stayed on it, and it's been my favorite shoe. So like now the wave is dirty Air Force Ones for some reason. White people on TikTok, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know what I'm saying like the retro they have one. All, kit. Those who yeah, you always see them with all of the Air Force Ones tied up all weird, yeah, and yeah. all of that. You know, this is one thing I was gonna say about Air Force Ones. <laughs> Talk to them now. Man. Back in the day, nobody was rocking. We didn't even call them Air Force Ones. Call them Uptowns. Yep. Nobody was rocking Uptowns at all. You know what I'm saying? We used to cop, man. When I was in college, it was used to be a store in in the mall across from where Lid said it was. A, it used to be a shoe store. It kept every flavor Air Force One. Man, I'm talking about you going to my room. Man, I had every box. Every pair of forces, every flavor you could think of yeah. to go with the outfit. I was just a, you know, a connoisseur of it. Then after a while, you know, people said Air Force Ones kind of like fell off the map and they weren't. And then all of a sudden they came back. Yeah. Now you see all of these people with dirty Air Force Ones laced up weird, like yeah, you know, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand that vibe. It's, it, it is weird, and you know, to go a little bit further back. You know, Air Force's 
It was a basketball shoe. Yeah. My boy Rasheed used to rock them. Yeah, so it was one of those things to where it really hit when Nelly made that song. That's when, like, right. So that's when things really propelled. And from there, like, there was a price jump. Yeah, you know it, I mean? it like, definitely it was, was a price jump yeah, for sure after jump. Nelly made that song. Exactly. And that used to, but that used to trip me out because everybody's, oh, yeah, Air Force Ones. Be like, yo, man, y'all, what? Yeah, man, yeah. we rock uptowns. We been rocking uptowns. We yeah. was rocking uptowns in the mid nineties. Exactly. So you know, it's all about it's media driven. Mm-hmm. And then like you know, you fast forward because I mean, Air Forces have done phenomenal for years. It was it was actually um, it was my go to shoe first day of school when I was in high school. Yeah. You know what I'm saying for the most part. So so I think that it got to a point to where. All right, so it kind of goes away for a little. Not goes away, but it was a it was a shoe that you could go into a store that would always have your size. As a matter of fact, it was a I would call it a last resort shoe. Yeah. So like you know, when I was working in J Mall, somebody would go come in and be like, they'd ask us for six shoes. We ain't got their size of nothing. They'd be like, all right, just, just give a pair all whites. They call them all whites. <laughs> you know, just give a pair all whites. We know yeah. what you want. Okay, cool. So then TikTok hits the scene. You know what I mean? And like. I don't know who the influencer was, but whatever they did and however they did it, it killed. So I'm talking like 2018, 2019, 2019, probably like around the holiday season. We can't keep them in stock. I remember that. Like we cannot. Like and, not. and customers like you will come in and be like, hey, can I get a pair of all whites? And I'm like, I don't have any. And you're frustrated yeah. as hell because that was your shoe that you could yeah. always depend always on getting yeah. when you wanted it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. So I mean, like, we started to notice like a shift. So we have, you know, you coming in who used to buy them up, and it kind of shifts into 12 to 17-year-old white girls who want them. And that's fine and all, mm-hmm. but where is this coming from? So it took a few of my employees to be like, yo, TikTok, like, this is what they're doing with it. Holds the screen up, shows me the shoes. Whatever this girl got on is beat to hell. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, this is what they want to turn their shoes into? This is why we're selling out of them? And then, like, on the other side, the men, men weren't doing that. You know what I mean? But it was like a mirror effect to where, all right, so the women and the kids is buying them like crazy. Now the men is jumping and latching on. And that's that was our number one sneaker every single year, unless it was a retro that came out. Yeah. Every single week, that was our number one sneaker for months. It's crazy. That was crazy. I remember that. Then after a while, I started seeing you start seeing them come back with all the different flavors. Yeah, you know what I mean. A whole bunch of different flavor Air Force Ones. They started coming, but you could never go wrong with the uh, with the all whites. They say be weary of somebody who wear all black ones. They're gonna they're, yeah. they're gonna rob you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We used to, we used to make jokes. You know what I'm saying? Like when, when they would come in with the black one, I'm like, yo, he about to be on parole by the time he get to his car. <laughs> <laughs> man, why they do the all black ones like that? Man, I used to love them all black forces. Man. The best fighters had them all black ones. <laughs> man, I used to keep them joints. I um I never forget uh seeing when um they had the hard knock life tour came to came to Louisville. Yeah. And then uh, we ended up meeting Memphis Bleak them and I seen Bleak and he had his he had his forces on or whatever. Just yeah. the way that he was rocking them made me switch up my whole style of Word. how I started wearing my uh, 
how I start wearing my Uptowns and my Air Force Ones. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, they actually <laughs> just released the, the Rockaware, or, and I'm sorry, not Rockaware, Rockefeller Records Air Force Ones. Oh, with the one that got years the, ago? Oh, yeah? Yeah, something like that. See, man, yeah. how do you get your hand? How, how can somebody, I, I would like to get my hands on a pair like that. Something, how do you do something, get a, something like that? Something like that. If you don't know anybody, if you know right. what I'm saying? If you're not like, plug plugged in then um the general route would be like the sneakers app mm -hmm. which to be honest with you you'll take so many l's on the sneakers app it'll frustrate the hell out of you i know it yeah um you know that's that's one way um you know or you just have to settle for that resale price it nowadays it's it's easier to buy a house than it is to buy a pair of sneakers for retail like rare pair of sneakers you know what i'm saying so um for me specifically um, <clears throat> one thing I would try to do for people, which is kind of like where I got the plug thing from, um, if, you know, it was, people would come in and it would be like their dream, or they would sell it to me that way. It would be like their dream to have this sneaker. Like, they'll tell me history, all of that stuff, you know what I'm saying? Or if I just happen to have a good relationship with you, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like it was just really one of those things where when I had the control to do it, this was pre-raffle times and things like that, I would definitely take care of my people, you know what I mean? Um, but the thing was, you know, someone may think in their head like, oh, he's taking care of his people and that means he's yeah. leaving other people in the dark. No, everybody left happy, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like everybody left happy. I don't know how I did it, but I had very very minimal complaints you know what i'm saying um to where look if if i had it and you want it you got it yeah. it ain't it ain't no big deal you know what i'm saying i'm here to put smiles on people's faces i'm here to make sure everybody fresh you know what i'm saying i don't want nothing for it you ain't got to pay me extra none of that you know what i'm saying like i'm here i'm here for it it was just fun to me you know because it was it was my way of connecting with people and tapping in um, and just giving them just a little bit of what I experience every day mm -hmm. um, and how in love I was with this. Or I am still um, in and out. It's a, you know, relationship difference <laughs> sometimes. But, um, you know, how, how I am with this culture. It was just basically my way to literally, like, permeate that all over the place. Now, being into retail, selling shoes, being a connoisseur of shoes, all different flavors, um, have you ever thought about, you know, applying, moving out to Oregon, trying to work for Nike? I think that we've all kind of envisioned, like, and when I say all of us, I mean, like, you know, sneakerheads. I call myself an ex-sneakerhead. I'm not like I used to be. I mm -hmm. used to grab everything now. <laughs> like, I used to grab everything I like. Now I only buy stuff that I love. Okay. But, um, you know, it's 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 been a, I think in some form or fashion, it's it's been a, uh, a dream of everybody to be an Eakin. That's what they're called. It's Nike backwards, spelled Nike backwards. Oh, okay. They're like associates that work there called Eakins. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I think that uh, uh, getting into that type of, like, company, it's pretty difficult. Mm -hmm. Now, the route that I'm in now, you know, I don't work in stores anymore. anymore. I'm actually in merchandising. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an associate buyer, actually, for lids now. But um, okay. being a buyer uh, can open a lot of doors for you. You know what I'm saying? Um, do you know what, like... With my job, like with yeah, so is. that's a, yeah, so you go in, so uh, okay, so before we get there, so you you have been working in finish line, you ended up, I know at one point in time you left and then you started being a you, you started being a buyer for finish line at one point in time, yes. right? Yeah, so did twelve years in stores. Okay, um, was definitely blessed enough to uh, get the corporate gig. I actually used to buy accessories, which is like 
um, you know, had socks, bags, miscellaneous. I was buying that, um, you know what I'm saying? So uh, did that for a little over a year. Now, you're buying that for your region? No, buying it for the company. For the company? Mm -hmm. So going to all stores? Entire in company. Okay, yep. cool, cool, cool. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, there was two of us. Um, okay. It was a team of four. Um, there was a buyer um, and me as the associate buyer. There was a planner and an allocator. So okay. we all together were responsible for all the accessories that you see, that you will see now, all the way up to Christmas, um, online and in stores. So just keep that in mind, Will. When you go into a finish line store, anything like that, anything from an accessories perspective has my thumbprint sure. on it all the okay. way until Christmas. Let's go. Yeah. That's what I like to hear. That's what's up right there. Yeah, that's dope. So um, now you've transitioned over, and this is what you're doing for Lids. Lids, okay. yes. Yeah, so um, I'm currently an associate buyer for MLB Fashion Core mm -hmm. for the company. So that's basically... Triple black hats, gray and white, red and white, triple white hats, core like colors and things like that. Um, there's some things that are um, just kind of sizzling right now for my future with the company. Okay. Um, you know, so things should be a little bit, well, you know, God willing, things uh, will be a little bit different and on the incline by the end of the year. Now, Lids, I recently um, remember hearing something about. Um Meek Mill doing something and having purchasing some port of, portion of Liz. Is that correct? Or is uh, it something different? I thought it was Mitchell and Ness, actually. Was it, it Mitchell and Ness? I know he did something with Mitchell and Ness because that's with, with, with um, Michael Rubin, but he also did something with. You may know something He, that I he don't. did something with Liz at one point in time. Okay. reason why I was asking because, man. I got a Dream Chasers hat, man. I only got black, man. I need a red one. I need a blue one. You know? <laughs> well, see, and that's a good thing because, like, what I do, I only manage two brands. It's New Era and 47 brand. Okay. New Era is, like, the – that that's the god. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you can pretty much get anything you want from New Era. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. New Era will, will support, take care of you. Um, you know, in, in any form or fashion that you want it to be in. And that's the dope thing that I like about New Era. You know what I mean? So to be honest, if you wanted, like, another Dream Chasers hat, whatever different color, you could probably get it. You okay. I'm saying? Like, most likely get it. And if they happen to not make it, you can make it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Yeah, like, there's a there lot of go. creative space within New Era. Okay. Yeah, so here it goes right here. I just pulled it up. Okay. It says... Uh, Meek Mill is now co-owner of Lids behind the deal and how Jay-Z played a role. Uh, Meek Mill is officially the part owner of a hat retail giant, Lids. With, nice. um, he announced an exclusive with Business Insider today. You know um, what? And that may be in connection with Fanatics. It may be. I think um, it may have been something with Fanatics. Okay, and, cool. And then I know that recently him... Uh, Michael Rubin and Jay just did the Mitchell and Ness thing too. Exactly, right, yeah. right, right, right. So there's some changes going on, man. The culture is definitely doing their thing now because of your position as an um, as an assistant, your assistant buyer, right? Yes. So do are you responsible for going out to? I know they always have the um, out in is it in Vegas or is it in Cali where they have the the fashion trade shows where oh. they go out there and everybody had their booth set up and 
you, you're able to go pick and look, or is it a lot easier for you all because you're corporate, they can just kind of like send you a lookbook and you go through the lookbooks and make the selections? That's the way. Okay. So, so yeah, so we, um, from from my brand specifically, in my category, Fashion Core, it's a, it's a replant business. So, um, you know, that we're really just kind of sprouting, things are just kind of getting on its feet mm-hmm. and being on the incline. Um, now, when you get into a more fashion perspective, this is where you have like, like I don't know. It's it's like a world of different opportunity where okay. you could just color splotch here, undervisor splotch here, crown splotch here, all those types of different things. So, finish line days, we would depend on a lookbook. We would look at you know what I'm saying, like the energy collections. We would look at um, you know all of the different types of collections that they have to offer. Lids is different. Ninety eight percent of the stuff that you see at lids is like made like it's it's um basically detailed created mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's called smu smu is called special makeup and um that's that's basically gives us creative freedom to create these hats and brief these hats and how we want it to look so if we want this paper planes in the corduroy we don't want red but we want it to be in like wu-tang yellow it's cool we'll send them the instructions they'll make it you know what I'm saying? Okay. Not paper plane specific because they're, they're kind of privately owned. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like just an example. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So that's how we, you know, pretty much uh, curate all of these things. So yeah. That's dope It's cool, man. And that's what I mean by the full circle thing. When I, you know, I started working at Lids um, you know, as, uh, yeah, as a third yeah, yeah. key, um, you know, when I was in college. And uh, now I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Doing stuff for the company. Now, do you go visit some of those stores as you get some of those things in there? Or is it just... It's funny because I just had a meeting with, with my director about doing market travel. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they're kind of uh, just... have They have the reservations on it right now um, for their own reasoning. But he's going to bring it to one of our VPs to see if we can get in these stores. Because essentially, I have to be in these stores just so I can learn what the different concepts are. Because it's probably about six or seven different types of lids concepts. Like you got mm-hmm. your newer ones, you know what I'm saying? Um, you got ones that got jerseys in it. You got ones that got a little bit of everything in it. And yeah, yeah. I'm not really familiar like I was with Finish Line. But then I was with them for 10 plus years. So, mm, okay, okay, yeah, for yeah. sure. So I was wondering if you ended up back over at your store down in um, Bowling Green. <laughs> Went down there. And, and, and if we got to head down there, we'll head down there yeah. for sure and get back there. And go down there, whip, get, whip them in the shape. <laughs> you remember me? You ain't got to remember me. Yeah, you it's know, cool. No, I'm, you know, I'm the one who's making it happen out here. <laughs> so that's definitely dope, man. You get to purchase those things and um, put different, put, put those, um, put those items in the store. Um, what's the what's the overall end goal that, that you see with Liz? Do you see yourself there? Do you see yourself transitioning into something something bigger? The reason why I ask that is because I was just recently in um, in Houston and I was with uh, Rich Guy. We know him yeah. as Juve, made by Rich Guy, and I was with him and the lady who worked at the Louis store. He brought her three million dollars in sales. Wow, you know what I'm saying? Wow. That's so awesome. it's 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 crazy for it's crazy for him. And her when they walk into those stores, you yeah. know, especially like those those high end stores. So yeah, um, you know, I have a newfound love uh, for merchandising, for buying. You know what I'm saying? Like I've always um, identified closely with product. You know, and if you don't want to be in stores no more, and you want to be on the corporate level, 
being a merchandiser, being a buyer, whatever it is, um, it's the closest way to, to work with product. Um, and all in all, like, with that, going into lids, learning what I'm learning, it's just, it's a second addition, like a second step to, you know, what I want to do. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, I do see myself with lids long term. Uh, you know what I mean? So it, they have a lot of great things planned for me in, in my future with them. So I'm holding them to it. Okay. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I'm I'm going to give my all like I do with anything that I do. Let's go. And we're going to see what happens. <laughs> yeah, That's, yeah, right. sure. That's definitely what I like to hear. Now, a few years ago, we had the whole controversy. I want to say it was at H&M where they had kind of like the... Um, I think it was a little black kid wearing some type of some particular shirt or whatever. And then it was this whole thing about, you know, um, a lot of these brands don't have black people or African-Americans a part of their marketing team or just a part of the structure, period. So they make these bad decisions. How do you see those things? Is it structured like that when you work for like a Lids or when you work for like a... um, uh, a finish line because essentially like the things that are coming in the store is really things is from yeah from the culture so it, it, it would take a because you can't it would be hard for somebody who does not have the Desmond Thompson drip to put the to go get the drip to come into the store yeah, right, you see what right. I'm saying yeah for sure for sure so First and foremost, like it's, it's like so so imperative that, you know, if you are wanting to send a message to your consumer, mm-hmm. right, um, you have to take in consideration how this will affect your consumer. You know what I'm saying? And it isn't like, or maybe I could be giving them too much credit, but for them. I, I doubt that there was malicious thought to it because obviously that would be detrimental to the to like their PR, detrimental mm-hmm. to HR, and detrimental to sales and their entire company. Right. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But to your point, there's there's definitely a missing link. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? There's definitely someone who can identify with like that being offensive, yeah, you know what I'm saying, to speak up. And if there are people and they're not speaking up, that's on them. Yeah, that's on you. You know what I mean? Um, so all in all, like just having having diversity within the workplace is a must. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For more than one reason, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Um, but it's, it's, it's things like that, you know, that, that happen or can potentially happen um, being that they're lacking diversity, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so if, if they are getting the same result from a diverse crowd and nobody's speaking up, that's another conversation. But to me, I think that for one, the higher that you go, the whiter that it gets, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, and these decisions, uh, essentially are finalized yeah. from the higher ups. Yeah. yeah. They, you know? They're going to they got the last say so. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, like, it's it's just, it's so important, man, to just, you know, just hire black people, man. Right, give us opportunity. We're the culture, you know what I mean? We're the culture, come on, give us opportunity. We're going to make it happen for you, for sure, for sure. Now, 
Uh, do you see yourself in the future, later on down the line, you know, your own storefront <laughs> shoes, you know, doing your thing? So it's funny that you say that because it's almost like the rap thing, right? Um, you know, yes, I, yes, I feel like I'm pretty decent at rapping, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, hell of a writer, I'll give myself that credit. You know, I really don't often, but... Um, I just don't have the I don't have the drive to go in that direction and go full fledged okay. with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um people will always make the presumption that I have or have a love for sneakers, I have a love for fashion and the culture. So with that, you need to subject yourself to make to get in your own store. No. That isn't the answer to everything. Now, mind you, ownership is wonderful. Having something to call your own is wonderful. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't necessarily have to be in that part. It doesn't necessarily have to be in that direction. Um, you know, maybe what I'm doing now I can use, um, you know, in some form or fashion for the next brother who wants to uh, open up his own business. And right. he hires me mm-hmm. to get product for him. I don't want to be in stores anymore. I don't want to be behind the counter anymore, behind a okay. register. I don't want to do inventory anymore. Okay. I don't want to like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. try to do anything that I used to do with Finish yeah. Line. Okay. I'm in love with what I'm doing now. See, I was just back to me just recently being in Houston. So we're down in Houston. Um, we're, we're in the malls, we're shopping, and then yeah. it, gets, it's, it gets late. Um, Blue's doing a photo shoot. Rich guy calls the shoe guy. Yeah, yeah. He comes through and he got <laughs> he got all the Air Force Ones and you know different things like that. Do you think that that will be something? That that's why I kind of envision or see something like that for you. Being that type you know what I mean? Guy. Being that type of individual, not the person who's necessarily working behind the counter doing yeah. it you know you got your staff who's in there but you still got the inventory you still got to deal with all that as the business owner but the person who is you know this artist is coming in town mm-hmm. and they're dealing with this person who got this popping in and yeah. they call yo desmond you got the bah, 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 bah. yeah let me come through i got this is what i got maybe even even if it ain't with the shoes and maybe with like right. the hats or just something like that i kind of see you being that person who people can you know lean on yeah, and, yeah. And, and and do something like that and i've i've been i've been that before mm-hmm. on a smaller scale okay you know what i'm saying um you know especially i mean hell especially when i was a store manager you know what i'm saying and even when i you know worked at corporate you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying um, worked a corporate finish line. If somebody needed something, I held it down. You know right, I mean? right. I, I had them. Um, now, from a larger scale, I mean, shit, there's levels to everything. Some of the stuff that I see online, some of the stuff that, you know what I'm saying, like I see on social media is is crazy. And it's, it, it's I can't fathom how it's done. You know what I mean? And a lot of the blogs and a lot of the, the podcasts that I uh, – that I listen to, they're in question too, and these are people who've been in the sneaker game longer than me, who are just like, you know, for instance, a, a kid who's 17, 18 years old, there's a, a, a Union 2 release that comes out, uh, Retro 2 release, and like he has 150 pair behind him, but there are people who are struggling to get it online. How in the hell are you getting them? That question, like, I don't have the answer to. 
I think it's dope as hell. Like right. if he's making money that way, cool. You know what I'm saying? If it's all legit and you know he's not stealing shit and nothing like that, that's cool. That's straight. I'm not gonna knock your hustle. Um, so I mean, it would it would it would be dope. You know what I'm saying to do something like that or you know be looked at like that on that type of scale, on that mm -hmm. magnitude. You know what I mean? Um, you know, so I can't I can't even front. That's that's kind of dope. Um, but yeah, man, it's 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 crazy how this. This this is this shit's it's, real. It's, it's real. It's, it's definitely real. I can see. The kick game is like the brick game. Yeah. Like, and I'm not I'm not lying. Like yeah. you can really uh there's kids who are twelve years old who are millionaires. You know what I'm saying? And this is just like from a resale perspective. Like in and, and the way that they get these sneakers, like, cause everybody wants them, you know what I'm saying? Like and nobody's wearing their sneakers for real. They're just trying to find they're trying to flip it a million different ways. You yeah. know what I mean? Stepped on. So like, you know, it's really, it's one of those things where, um, you know, you can, like I told you before, it's easy to buy, easier to buy a house than get a pair of sneakers from yeah, retail, yeah. you know what I mean? And um, it's, 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 it's a very profitable game. Very, very profitable game. If you know how to play it, if you have the patience for it too, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And I mean, you really have to dive in because once upon a time you can look at this stuff as investments but you get a pair of sneakers for instance the chicago one that comes out in october that's going to be the biggest hit probably of the entire year and, and to get one pair of those you could probably let's see it may cost 180 dollars for retail you said these are the chicago chicago retro ones okay. um you know so there's uh, now what's the chicago retro ones is that the ones that he the, first the original one in 1985 that he wore. They're going to be the highs? Yep. The high ones? Man, I need yep. them. Yep, so they're I the red, those. white, and black ones. Oh, my gosh. Yep, and um, they come out in October. $180 investment, right? And then you start... <laughs> Look at I need them, y'all. Somebody, man, care, somebody's man. in that business because my man Desmond is yeah, out the game. See what's good, man. Somebody's in the business, man. I need hey, them. Man, I, man. Never said I, I never said I ain't got access no more. Never say you ain't have that. Ten and a half or eleven. But yeah, man, like you know, it, it's an investment, bro. One hundred and eighty dollars shoe. Somebody pitches you five hundred for it. If you were to hold on to it, hold on to it. That price could double. If you hold on to it, it'll quadruple. So does it does it go up because so this one will be different because it was released in twenty twenty two. Now what's the difference in the one that's released in twenty twenty two? Versus the one that they released fifteen years ago. Is it the the year? Yeah, in some cases, you know what I mean. Um, and again, it's 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 all about supply and demand. Mm -hmm. So if there's nothing out there, which there won't be anything out there to buy for retail, then it's just all about the demand. It's all about whose feet is it on. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, here's a perfect example. I don't know if you noticed the dunk craze that's going on yeah. right now. Dunk lows, dunk lows over dunk highs right now. You know yeah, what I'm I like saying? Them dunk lows too. That sparked from okay. So do you remember Ultra Boost with Adidas? Mm -hmm. The Ultra Boost, yeah. right? So that took over the game in 2016, 2017. It was on Kanye's foot. He wore the triple white Ultra Boost 1.0, right? And I mean, like, it wasn't really a reselling thing for it. People just grabbing, 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 right? So. Nike was experienced second was experiencing second place for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Nike comes second to none. Yeah. But Adidas was 
when was they killing. Asked, I remember, yeah. Yeezys were coming out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You got Kanye saying Yeezy jumped over the jump man, all that shit. You know what I mean? So <laughs> Nike's like, yo, it's cool. Like, we good. In the back of my head while this is going on, I'm like, Nike got some shit that they about to, you know what I'm saying, really come out. So boom, they hit you with the Vapor Max. The Vapor Max wasn't even, that wasn't even their their uh, attack. That wasn't their attack that they wanted to go with. Uh-huh. But everybody thought it was. So the Vapor Max did okay, you know what I'm saying? And it, it, it was fine, but the attack was the dunk. They started having, strategically started having celebrities wear dunks. Travis Scott was one of them. Travis Scott started showing up to basketball games wearing random ass SB dunks, random ass dunks. You know what I'm saying? People are like, oh, damn, what's really going on? What's going on? Wale, too. Boom. Yep. Exactly. Boom. Dunks hit the scene. You hit, you seeing all the colors coming in. People grabbing, 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 grabbing. It's a cheap price. It's a $100 shoe. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So people are grabbing it, and then the resale goes up on it. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what everybody wants. The demand is high. You know what I'm saying? So you could you could pay a hundred dollars. That's your hundred dollar investment. Hundred six dollars with tax. You can sell it for four hundred dollars. That's four hundred. That's four hundred percent profit. I need to get into the shoe game. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so imagine doing that and having a size run of twelve. You know what I'm saying? Twelve pair. You done sold every single pair, right? That's a couple bands in just one shoe. Yeah. You know what I mean? People do that with every single shoe, and people make money. And they stack it up. Man, and they cool. buy more, and they buy more. And the people who do it have on a pair of New Balances, or have on a pair of Eastlands, or yeah. have on a pair of like Walmart shoes. That, yeah, yeah. They don't care about the shit. You know what I mean? They some people wanna, do. Some, yeah, majority of them, they're just in it to get the money, Make flip money. the shoes, and do their thing. That's How funny is this, Will? People come into the store, like I'm working at the store, and it's this um, 60 year old, you know, middle aged white man, got a comb over. Um, with a chaps polo on and some Dockers khakis with some Etonics on, and he's like, you know, reading off of his phone, reading off of a note. Do you guys have the um, men's Air Jordan One Royal Hyper Royal OG? Yeah. And we're like, bro, you don't want that shoe. What you getting that shoe? That's what we're thinking in our head. Like, you don't want that shoe. You getting that shoe for probably a 16 year old son. You know what I'm saying? And your 16-year-old son only wants it so he can flip it for a couple, yeah. you know, a couple hundred dollars. You know what I'm saying? And when these people see how much money can be made from it, they jump right on it. And you never know. You know what I'm saying? Like you never know what's up. Like, um, there's a there's a skate shop in Louisville called Home Skate Shop. And some years ago, and Patrick, he gets on me about this because I embarrassed the hell out of him. There was a lobster <laughs> dunk that came out, right? It's an SB dunk. Um, that shoe probably goes for a couple thousand dollars now. Um, but I wanted it because I wanted to wear it, right? So we get there early. It's probably about 10 people, you know what I'm saying? Like they hadn't opened yet. There's this old woman who's just kind of sitting by herself. And we're all talking. They open up. The old woman is in front of me in line, right? It's probably like three people. So they get their sizes or whatever. She asked, she, she's there, and I'm, I'm next. I'm like, yes, man, they're going to have my size. She's like, can I get um, your size 13s in that? And they're like, I'm sorry, man, we don't have any more 13s. She was like, what do you have? She was like, he was like, well, we have two size 12s. 12 is my size, right? She's like, all right, I'll take both of them. Oh, well, man. I went off. I went off, bro. I was so mad, dog. You know what I'm saying? 
the reason why she was getting them is to resell them. Yeah. Or have her or have her son resell them. Yeah. That was the part that hurt the most. So I really had like a nasty taste in my mouth for reselling at first. But then I started like thinking like, well shit, man. Like, I mean, I ain't gonna knock their hustle. Is, is that what they want to do? That's what they want to do. Well, they not hurting nobody. You yeah. know what I mean? But it made me sick, fam. Ooh, and I then, thought you were excited and then, about that. But if I would have knew then what I know now, I would have gotten a random size. Mm-hmm. What up, what you got left? Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. And then I could have sold them in 2022 for, I don't know how much they are now, maybe like 3000 a piece. Jeez. The shoe geez. was only $100, maybe $120. You see what I'm saying? This sneaker thing is crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> now, uh, in the mall up here where you you know first got your shot, Patrick gave you a shot at Elizabethtown Mall, um, Pin Game Classic. You know Pin Game Classic? Um, he go by classic. He's an artist. Classic. I do know yeah, classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he go by. He he worked yeah, in there. He sure. was the one who actually had told me that Shout you had. Um, yeah, Joe. He the one who told me that you had actually started working with corporate and doing your thing, and you were the one who was responsible for uh, bringing a lot of stuff there. Now across across the way from finish line, there is a store called Kicked Up. And they get a lot of the kicks inside of there. Have you been able? It's kind of like a retail re- resale kind of like thing. Yep. You've been in there before. Yes. Yeah. Um, what do you think about? What do you think about when you see some of that things? A lot of. And is it hard for you to determine being one of those connoisseurs if if a shoe is legit? I don't man. I can't. I don't know. Well, what I'm starting to notice is like in every mall, there's a resale shop. Somewhere yeah. Just opening up. You know what I'm saying? Like a, a guy who used to work for me. He actually just opened one up a couple of years ago in Cincinnati and he's doing really well. You know, shout out to Will. Um, so, like, you know, I, I I love it. You know what I'm saying? Like, make it happen. Mm-hmm. Make it happen. What I do hate is for the people who do try to scam these guys who try to sell them fakes. You know what right, I'm saying? Because, yeah. again, fakes, fakes are like, bro, they, they come in some pristine, like, shapes and just, like, the detail is just... Every intricacy to a shoe, they've mastered. You know what I mean? So you could come to somebody who has a trained eye, who has been on sneakers as long as they have. I could, even myself, I couldn't identify, you know what I'm saying, everyone, whether it's authentic or fake. I'm sure that there'll be some, like, gaps in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, that stuff happens, man, and it's terrible. You know what (laughs) what I'm saying? But, I mean, like, you know, what he's doing, man, like, E-Town is tricky. Actually, Radcliffe, E-Town, Fort Knox is tricky mm-hmm. when it comes to places like that. And I'm glad he's been able to stay open as long as he has. Yeah, he's still you know in there getting it. Right, and I, I love that. Um, if it would have been me, I probably wouldn't have took a chance on E-Town. I probably would have went to Lexington or Louisville or something like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, hell, if people's copping shit, they copping shit. Yeah, because you got uh, Lexington and Louisville. We got the oneness. The oneness be... Oneness, they be, yeah. Man, they be having, they be having that. Oneness will have that shit for you? Yeah. And I'm not trying to knock Winnis and not, you know what I'm saying? Like Winnis and Louisville, I think is straight. The one in Lexington, they take care of each other, so it's kind of hard to, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of yeah. hard to get something. Okay. There, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I just know about it. I think I bought, um, I think I bought a couple of pair of shoes out from from Winnis. Did it kind of like online, kind of like thing when I um, first peeped them. I got some ones from out of there. So it was, I was like, okay, I like this. You yeah. know, I, I see them on Instagram all the time. They get a lot of the dope stuff. I think. Um, I think Jack Harlow just 
it was a Jack Harlow New Balance, yeah, sometimes something, released, so something yeah. like that. You know, all those different type of things. Right, right, right. Now, right. Um, now you're staying up in Indianapolis. Is that where you have to be, or is that where the corporate office is? So you working out of a uh, nap up there? Yes, yeah. So the corporate office is open. They've been open since July 2020. In the heat of everything, they remained okay. open. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm up there doing my commute thing. Um, well, I mean, I call it commute thing because I stay on the outskirts of Indianapolis and the Greenwood areas, like southern Indianapolis. Um, so, yeah, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm making it happen. That's what's up, man. You like it out there in that? Um, you know what? I need to give it more of a chance, uh-huh. to be honest with you. Uh, you know, there's some, some coworkers who give me a hard time because I'm only there Monday through Thursday. Um, on Friday after work, I head back, you know what I'm saying, um, to see my little one uh, and spend the weekend. So, you know, but it's 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 cool, you know what I mean? Um, you know, it, it's there's some culture in there. And I've been to a few few different dope things. They had, like, some art dis- displays, exposés, and, yeah. you know, black-owned business setups and up. stuff like that. Yeah. That's what's up, man. I got to get up there and check that out. too. got a couple of partners stay up there. Uh, yeah. Shout out to the homie KG. He up there in... Um, in Nap or whatnot. That's where he's from. See yeah. Lee from up there. So uh, I want to see Lee back up. Is he back down there? Is up there or Courtney's staying um Courtney's staying in Orlando. He in Orlando? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He stayed out there, man. Um my man Harold, shout out to Harold. Um, you know what I'm saying? Harold <laughs> is always somewhere, yeah, man. That's, that's all World Wide West. Right. You know what I mean? Um, you know what I'm saying? They they click up, um, you know what I'm saying, and, and uh Kick it, but yeah, shout out to Courtney too. Man, tell Harold, man, I need to get to him with Courtney Lee, man. I need him on the podcast too, yeah, man. Sure. We need to talk hey, about that. I want to get Harold on there too, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in grind mode right now. He got some stories to tell. Yeah, man, I see Harold with everybody. <laughs> like, man, where's Harold? What man? He stay? Does he still work for uh, Western? No, he he actually works for the reason why he's in Orlando. Um, it's because he, he works for um, AAU headquarters with Disney. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. so he's been there for, I think, about two, three years. Let's go, man. Look, man. Hey, man, we got a lot of people from around this way, man, making things happen. Y'all hear that, man? It don't matter what, from fashion to, to to doing music to we got Megan Thomas in the um, in the entertainment yeah, world, yeah, doing things sure. on doing things on that, all deaf digital, then interviewing Tyler Perry. You know, it's a it's a lot of great talent that came around here. It's, it's definitely a melting pot. Now, earlier you said that you have been featured on a lot of dope artists, tracks or uh, albums, yeah. projects around here. Drop a couple of names on projects who you that you've been on. Okay, well. Let's say I've I've worked with, um, oh gosh, shout out to Sweet. You know we did a record off of his "This Is Me." Yes, um, sir. Award winning. I think it won the Kim Camp Award. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on a song called "It's Like That," and uh, it's funny because we both wrote that in my mom's basement, <laughs> and I um, came up with the hook. The hook was inspired by a Nas song um, off his Illmatic joint. Called halftime on okay. the second verse, Nas is like it's like that. You know what's like that when I attack it, ain't an army that can strike back. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just like put it in that, and the the entire song is about sneakers. Yeah, it's about being fresh. Is that the one we did the uh, the video. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, did, that, yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, my man will. So yeah, so um, I've done a few records with him. Actually, the latest one that we did um, was off of the uh, 
the BBE. The Motive 2? Yeah, The Motive 2. Now, you were, now when it came to The Motive 2, I think you were featured on like two tracks yes. on there, right? Yeah, two tracks on the um, the original one, but then we came out with a deluxe one. It was another two tracks. Okay, oh, so you, so you got four of them on there, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Now, what I heard them talking about it. What, what songs were you on, on the, not the deluxe, but the original? The original which? one. So, um, Indies Chicken, which okay. was, uh, you know, me... Robin G and Cam. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Which Cam is another guy I've done worked with since high school. I've been on every single one of his projects. Um, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, that was a joint that we actually shot the video yeah. at Indies Chicken. Mm -hmm. We did it before Jack Harlow plug. And um, <laughs> no. Beat you to a Jack. Right, right. But no, he made it popular. Um, but yeah, so you know, that was that was a good experience, you know what I'm saying? Um and then I was on Clout Chasing, which was the last song on the album. Um, and I had the longest verse, a uh, little background about that. Uh, Tex had a, a vision. When he has a vision, bro, it's so funny watching him, like, or hearing him, dog, communicate his vision. He's yeah. like, dog, he said, man, bro, this is how you need to make sure, man, I need you to have, like, 30 bars, man, on that last <laughs> joint, man. Look. He wanted you to go you stupid. Gonna make it happen, man. You're going to kill this. It's just going gonna, gonna to end with you. So, yeah, I, I did my thing and um, uh, got a lot of good feedback. Now, is that the one where they did who had they? I think they had a couple of things on Facebook where they were like, who had the best verse? Was it on the, was the yeah. Cloud Chaser one of them? Yeah, that was that was one of them. Um, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's funny because all the other artists who were on there were just like, oh, my God, I wasn't expecting you, Des, to be yeah. like that. That honestly was a beat that challenged me because, you know, I'm so used to um, having like a, like an East Coast vibe or uh -huh. whatever, but I'm able to stretch. Like, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, I... I I'm very versatile, and I mean, I think that that just kind of came with time, uh -huh. you know what I'm saying? And, and uh, although I haven't released the project myself, my pen has always been active for as long as I can remember. So doing that, having that, I was able to just kind of stretch myself to get it the way that he wanted it, you know what I'm saying? Um, and yeah, just make it happen that way. Do you look at yourself as like, you know, like the secret weapon, the person who's going to come in and... You know what I mean? Shock everybody with this on there, cause that's the that's the presence that you give when you you know even when you drop that record at Western back in the day. Yeah, that, where that record went crazy. That Western man, like so yeah. For the people who don't know, I dropped uh, back in the MySpace music days. Um, <laughs> I had dropped a record called Campus Vixen, um, and it was more so. Well, I, I'll tell you the story behind it. But in between classes, I came back to my dorm, was watching 106 in Park. Game was premiering a new record called Wouldn't Get Far that he had with uh, Kanye. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the record was about video girls. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I remember Bob, I'm like, dog, this is hard, man. Like, still, uh, probably, make, probably make a joint about girls around campus who only, you know, mess with people who are in a frat or people who play sports. Mm -hmm. Made the track. Shout out to, again to Castro. I recorded it in his closet. <laughs> and... Um, Put it on MySpace. I actually had a uh, my guy AJ Ray, um, who you know just kind of uh, gave like the interlude before it. Track went on crazy because it went crazy because I didn't say any names. So uh, like the girls were just kind of trying to guess. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Who about, I was yeah. talking about. It, it got so big, and again, I was a chapter president at the time um, that uh, 
there was an organization called SIS. It was called Sisters Inspiring Sisters. And then there was a, a, another organization called BMW, Black Men at Western. Um, and they wanted to do a, a forum together on what black men thought about black women on campus. And they asked me if they could play the record for everybody who came in. Hell yeah, you could play it. That's more exposure for me. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I actually go to the forum and uh, they play the record, right? And again, like not too many people really knew that it was me. So, you know, after they play the record, I mean, I love the response. Every line I was saying, it was, oh, and laughing and shit like that. That's what I need. <laughs> I need to tie it into every emotion in this motherfucker. So, um, so yeah, so basically, uh, after the record was over, people were like asking questions and all that stuff. And this one girl actually asked, she was like, um, well, how we know that this nigga ain't lying? You know what I'm saying? Like, he could be lying on his day, all that stuff and all that. I felt compelled. I raised my hand. I stood up. I said, how's everybody doing? My name's Desmond Thompson. I uh, am the writer of that record, actually, and all of it is true. You know what right. I'm saying? Everybody was like, oh, snap. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. And my advisor at the time was at that joint, too. And, like, again, I was the chapter president, so it was all about imagery and all that yeah. stuff. So I got Whatever, got in trouble for that. But anyway, so yeah, so Campus Vixen had some traction, you know what I'm saying? And and it was definitely a... Uh, it was was, a was the advisor, the light-skinned dude who worked in Duck? His name was Creston Lynch. Shout out to Creston. He was, was he uh, a he Sigma was, guy? No, 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 no. He was, he was an alpha. He came from Memphis. So okay, I okay. I don't know if I know him. I remember the dude, you remember the dude who was the Sigma who worked in Duck, the light-skinned brother? Yeah, what's dude's name? Yeah, I remember it. I remember him, man. He used to be in Duck, yep. Yeah, all the yep, time yep, in yep, Duck. Yep, okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I thought he, I thought it may, I know, he, I thought he may have something to do with that. So, <laughs> yeah, so you ended up putting that record out there. It, it went, it went super, super duper crazy, but, Locally, yeah, you sure. know, but then even coming back down here and then everybody say, yo, I got, yo, I got, I got Desmond on here. Kid, what did the, what did, where did the kid come from? So that was a name um, that I kind of adapted like around like middle school, early high school, because really everybody who I hung out with, I was the youngest, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, so, I mean, like, you know, if, if, if anything, like people who were, I was a freshman, people who were maybe juniors and seniors, you know, who I used to kick away, even people who were freshmen as well, I've always been the youngest. My birthday's in July, okay. you know what I mean? So everybody's celebrating their birthday all through the school year and all of that stuff, and then here come on, come so that's what yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha, yeah. okay. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's what's up, man. So you, you know, featured on those guys' albums, and then you also did the, uh, the Motive, the Deluxe, the Motive 2, the yes. Deluxe portion of that as well. Anything else coming out music wise since then? Or no, just kind of nothing. Nothing. Um, I've had a couple of people hit me. You know what I'm saying? Want me on a record? And if for any reason you want me on a record, like you know, there's only two things that I want from you. You know what I'm saying? And one of them ain't money. Hell no. Um, just send me the beat and tell me what we're rapping about, and I will get you together. Okay. So I like you know. I mean, I'm. You know, sweet sweets hit me. You know what I'm saying. Um, even cams hit me. You know what I'm saying. But to answer your original question, like I've, you know, I've I've worked with, uh, I've worked with Nave. You know, okay. I've worked with Floda. Yeah. Um, obviously, Cam is sweet. Um, you know what I'm saying. Like, of course, on the motive, uh, Isis was the the singer. You know what I'm saying. I believe she was from Lexington. Yeah, she's from Lexington. Uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. 
Um, you know, I've, I've worked with, uh, I don't know if you remember Terrence Alexander. And yeah, Dante. I remember T.A. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, back in, this was like 06, like, they used to call themselves Tay and Hood. They, they had released a, a record with DJ Maul, um, and I was on a couple, maybe three tracks on that on that joint, too. Um, so, yeah, man, I've, I've been in and out, you know what I'm saying, locally. I've even worked with a couple of people in Bowling Green. Okay. You know what I'm saying so. Uh, I did a I did a song with Jeff Johnson. <laughs> you remember White De- Jeff Johnson? Oh yeah 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 yeah. I remember that. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I did a song with Jeff Johnson. Me and me and Gully. Me and Gully and Ghost. We made some records. The too, uh, white dude Ghost used to be with Hatchet. Yep. Yeah yeah Ghost yeah. Was Ghost was cold. Oh bro, I did a song with Hatchet. I did a song with Cleezy. I did a song with Solo. Remember Solo? Yeah, I remember it, Solo. It was cold too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. So I've I've done some. Okay. Bit here and there. That's what it is, man. That's what I like to hear. So um, now you do the music. You just told people how they can get in tune with you with the music. You went to the retail with the Liz. It's not really too, too much. I know you can't do too much plugging with that. That's a that's definitely a corporate job. That's how you make those, uh, make, make the ends meet and so on and so forth. But if anybody, no, okay, before I get out of here, before you get out of here, at one point in time, you were doing kind of like a live versus. <laughs> How many of those did you do? And then we're going to get to the next question. Well, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so pandemic quarantine hits. Yep. You know, versus is starting to be born. You know what I mean? I'm like, that would be dope, man, if like we do like a lower middle class one. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like... Let's see what's good. And I had talked to Deron Poe. Mm-hmm. Deron was like, bro, let's kick it off. Let's do it. We're going to do it with us first. So I'm like, all right, cool. Um, which, what do you, How do you want to do this? And he's like, um, let's do like record labels. I'm like, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Let's do, let's do record labels. He's like, let's do No Limit and Cash Money. All right. I said, Ben, I got Cash Money. He was like, oh, yeah, because you know I got No Limit. I'm thinking I'm going to smash him, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking I'm going to kill him. I done came up with a list and all that stuff. So we just kind of, you know, did it that way. Same format, Instagram Live, you know what I'm saying, and went at it. And it was a pretty good turnout, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So from there, like, and I'll give it to it, Deron won. He, okay. ended, up, he ended up winning. Um, but from there, you know, we did a, a couple of more. We did a, a Western. You know, if you went to Western from, I want to say it was like 03 to 2008, we just like like played that, you know. Shout out to uh, you know TK and, and Alfred Beck. Um, we did a a, a bad boy and um, and Death, Death Row. Row. Yeah, we did that uh, with GB and Calvin. Um, what else did we do? Oh, we did a Young Jeezy and Gucci Man with Patrick and Honorable. That was funny. Oh my God, Will, <laughs> that was funny as hell. Um, so, yeah, we did probably about four or five different ones, man. And, like, the traffic was good. It was just something to do, bro. Uh-huh. Everybody was locked in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And just some form of entertainment, man. And it ended up working. So, we, I was there when we did the um, Death Row versus Bad Boy. Yeah, that was the end of it. Because niggas was drunk. You know what I'm saying? And, like, it wasn't. Yeah. It just. That's when I was like, ah, oh, let me just stop. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Now, uh, now I was there for that, and it was uh, like you said, it, it got kind of, got kind of crazy, whatever, whatever. Yeah. But you guys ended up giving, saying, giving it to Bad Boy, yeah. who ended up winning, you know. <laughs> so I felt like 
the Bad Boy won. I'm not saying that they didn't have no good records, right. but I felt like Bad Boy won because we gave them a variety. Yep. It was not just rider music. I felt like Death Row was all Pac. Yeah. All riding music. <laughs> already. You know, we gave them a little bit of Well, when you think about it, when you think about Death Row when Pac got out of jail, that's all the way look, every record that Pac was on mm-hmm. and had somebody else on, they were always weak. Right. They could never match they, up they, the they pop. Never match up. So that's what I said. But then I felt like the 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 kill shot was when we spun the Biggie and Pac record together. What was that? The um I got seven Mac elevens, about eight thirty-eights, <laughs> nine, nine, ten Mac tens. Yeah, when, when they we, were sitting at the table, yeah, they, 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 like when they had recorded that. Um okay, okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> So I feel oh, like, and then you got Pac who comes in after that, and I felt like, you know, when from watching the versus battle, it's all about what's that one record, or what's these records that I'm gonna pull out that's a smash that people know but they forgot about, and I felt like that was one who gave a bad boy death row. Mashed together, let's hit it. It was a live performance, when you know, and it was a live performance, you know what I mean? So, that was one thing that we had, you you know, we had in the arsenal. And I was like, I wanted to get that one off, but I don't think a lot of people may not really know about that record or that they had put that together. I felt like that was hard. So, I, I definitely wanted to ask you about that. Any uh plans on doing that in the future? Um, no plans, I wouldn't be opposed to it though, okay? Uh, the hardest part about all of it was just getting participation. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, but everybody was good sports, you know what I mean. And it was it was just entertainment yeah. all together. Because it was during the COVID, we're in the quarantine. It's, yeah, yeah. Let's make something happen. We all in the comment section, bro, roasting everybody, fam. It was just funny. It was good stuff. Now, also at one point in time, Calvin, I was talking to Calvin. Um, you. I think you were going to start a podcast. I'm not going to say the name of it on here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm a. So you were going to start. You were going to start that. And I, I, I thought that was dope. That's why I didn't want to say it on here. So somebody before you know somebody's running with that. <laughs> Ever thought about getting into that lane, doing yes. that? So I, I um, uh, partnered up with a fraternity brother of mine. Uh, shout out to Michael Warren. He's been like kind of nudging me, gently mm-hmm. nudging me about that for for a while. Um, we actually did a few episodes that I didn't like put out mainstream. I think it's on SoundCloud or something like that, but okay. it wasn't anything that I had pubbed. Yeah. Um and I mean it was it was pretty pretty good stuff, pretty good content. We talked about um, you know, depression and hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of those records that yeah. uh, that really spoke to mental illness in, mm-hmm. in a lot of different mm-hmm. ways. Um, you know, we talked about, you know, battles within hip hop, like, uh, and I had a, a special guest for everybody, you know okay. what I mean? We talked about West Coast music. That was actually the first, the first record that we did, um, the first record, first, uh, podcast that we did, but I, I never, I never really did anything Come with on, it. man, we need you, we, we, we need that, man. Yeah, we need yeah. that content I appreciate it, man. Um, so I, I, I really like to, to hold myself to this, you know, um, when it comes to hip hop, when it comes to the culture altogether, like, it's so endearing to me. Um, and it's so close to me because in a way I feel like that I've connected in a lot of different, um, I'll say sectors of hip hop. I may not have been consistent. I may not have been successful, Mm -hmm. but I have like 
played my part in it somewhere and at least tried it. You know what I'm saying? Like from from fashion to you know to podcasts to um, to rap and like doing music and things I'm like sorry, that. Same way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because we love it so yeah, much that culture. Yeah, exactly. So if there's any way that we can contribute to it. Then we're gonna do it. We're at, we're at its service. Yes, yeah. that's the whole reason why my degree is in television production. My partners were rapping. I can't rap. <laughs> Let me shoot the videos. I'm gonna be the video guy. Hey man, you shout out, shout out to Ill Will again, <laughs> man. He has shot our um, step show video, Revenge of the Nerds. You and Hatchet did it, I believe. <laughs> yeah, man, Hatchet did that. I remember yeah, that. Bro, and we won we that year. Yeah, you know what I won saying? that year too. So you know, yeah. you definitely played a part. Yeah. You were shared in that trophy yeah. too, bro. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. We did that. That was way back when. <laughs> way back that was way. Back. We did something at the gym. We was at the gym. Yeah, yeah, all it was, different it was, types. It was, of it was stuff. Uh, like a. We did like a Revenge of the Nerds type of yeah. thing. We killed it, bro. Killed they it, wanted man. entertainment, and we gave it to them. Man. That was definitely dope, man. Right there, man. Um, now you on social media. You got a lot going on. Um, where can people find you on social media if they want to tap in, get a, you know, get a verse from you? If they want to tap in and maybe get some information on, you know, how they can go about getting getting this or that when it comes to shoes, hats, so on and so forth. Where are you located? How can people get in touch with you? Okay, for sure. No, man, like, you know, um, please reach out. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm, I'm willing to give advice. You know what I'm saying? If, if you're looking for a certain sneaker, you're looking for anything, you just want to talk about the culture, whatever it is, what it is, I'm, very, I'm a very personable, approachable guy. You know what I mean? So that's for sure. So you can, you know, find me on Twitter. Um, the 06 Kid, that's T-H-E-06-K-Y-D. Um, you can find me on Instagram. There's two Instagram profiles. One of them is inactive, so make sure that you tap into D-E-Z-M-A-N-1906 underscore 2.0. That's D-E-Z-M-A-N-1906 underscore 2.0. I don't have a Snapchat. I'm tired of that. App, so, <laughs> yeah, you can find me there. That 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 one nine oh six representing. That's it. Representing all day. The first and the finest Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Let's get it. Hey, well y'all back there was y'all ice cold back then? Is this ice cold just ice cold universally, but but our nickname, our chapter is Cold and Cocky. Cold and Cocky. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Little history for y'all right there, man. Appreciate sure. you coming in, tapping in with us, man, letting us know about the retail uh side of the business and the culture and everything that you have going on. Um, anything else you want to get out there? Anything else you want to let people know before you get out of here? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I feel like uh I feel like it's only right. To give the deserving their flowers, we got to give it up for Ill Will. When I Willie has been doing this thing for this culture, he's been at service for this culture for so many years, y'all. Make sure that y'all support him in whatever he does, um, you know, because it's definitely with good intentions. Appreciate um, it. Great brother over here, man. I mean, we we go way, way back, you know what I'm saying? Like, even when he was going to school with my sister at Fort Knox, yep. and, you know what I'm saying, at WKU. Solid guy, um, you know what I'm saying? So give it up for the podcast and give it up for just a servant of this culture. We Man, appreciate you, big no dog. No doubt. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. And before we get out of here, I, like I always say, the world that we live in can sometimes give us a distorted view. But here, it's all about having a clearer view through conversation. So thank you for tuning in. You now see the plug, <laughs> kid. Desmond Thompson through my eyes. Peace, love, blessings. Y'all already know 
This is your host, One-Eyed Willie, the captain of the ship, and we will be back. And this is the world's illest podcast. Peace. The world's illest podcast. The world's illest podcast. Hey, this your boy, Ill Will. Make sure y'all tap into the world's illest podcast. Podcast. And just to let you know, this podcast is powered by audio plug music. Don't forget to tap into the... Hey, yo. Hey yo, don't forget to tap into Ultra Magnetic TV. TV.